Hello, hello, and welcome to the Dad Lab Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. I'm Andrew. On this episode, we've got stories from the news desk. We are going to continue our review of the trilogy of the Mighty Ducks with the series finale, D3. We've, we're going back to our Mount Rushmore segment with our discussion of the biggest NFL draft bust in NFL history. The NFL is back, so we're going to recap week one and look ahead to week two. Uh, we've got everybody's favorite segment, 60 Seconds on Big Brother. <laughs> and then we're going to get into what are we watching and what are we listening to. And uh, so, yeah. So, what have you been up to, man? No, not much. Had the oven basically explode on us yesterday, which uh, was a really bummer because we actually had chicken pot pies about to go in, which I don't eat, get, get those often. It reminds me of like my childhood, like when my lazy mom would put one in. I know they cook for like an hour. So I was about to get off, told Claire to pop it in. She called me like 10 minutes later and said it basically had a bright orange glow emitting from it and then started smoking and she freaked out and unplugged it. So we had bean and cheese burritos that we microwaved yesterday so that That's was the highlight of my week was a e- explosion happening in the oven so we're gonna have to try to get a new one and it just happens when you get when you're older you got to worry about shit like that well that's a bummer on two fronts for one you've got to get a new oven and for two the pot pies in the <sighs> oven are the only way to go you can't microwave them no. because the microwave doesn't get that crust you know crispy yeah because they take an hour in the oven yeah. so i couldn't imagine in the microwave and i had my hopes set up because we do that heb curbside delivery mm-hmm. which i highly recommend to anybody i recommend heb to anybody who's nearby in heb but the curbside and i was like looking online and i was like i haven't had a chicken pot by since 2004 you know and i added two to the card <laughs> and then claire just asked what sounded good and i was like you already know i want that chicken pot pie and just devastating to get that phone call like it was almost like an animal died on me <laughs> like a pet died when i realized i wasn't gonna have chicken pot pie and instead it was semi-warm bean and cheese quesadillas that's a sad meal it is a sad meal because it was all leftovers from Ugh. like the days before you know it was like leftover beans i had some queso from this from the sunday night <laughs> cowboy game on thursday i heated I heat up some queso and put it on there that's getting to sketchy territory yeah, it was it was borderline but you know you, you make what you can and so that was that was you know pretty devastating for me because like I said I was really looking forward to pot pies and that just tells you how boring my life is when my my intro is talking about my chicken pot pie sad story. Well, if you think the frozen ones are good, make your own. Lauren makes homemade pot pie, super easy to make, and they're they're just so much better. I mean everything's better homemade, right? But especially a pot pie, it's yeah, really that, good. I got that pot roast recipe from y'all. I'm making that this Sunday for the Cowboy game. Yeah, let me know how that turns out. Yeah, family's coming over after the game because they're a bunch of chatty Cathys, and I'm not having that. So at about three thirty, they're all coming over, and uh, should be a good time. I don't need to use my oven for that because I'm gonna have to take the oven to the dump now and probably drop five hundred dollars on a new one. So that's unfortunate, but that's how my week went, man. Just working and house nearly caught on fire. And no chicken pot pie, of course. That's the biggest bummer. Yeah, I don't give a shit about the house as long as I can eat a pot <laughs> I got pie insurance while it on burns. The house. Yeah, just let me enjoy that as it burns down. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, I guess my you know my week is when you compare it to that went a little better. Well, I went down to Galveston, took the a little Saturday Sunday Monday trip down to Galveston with Lauren and the boy and 
her mom and her brother and their three kids. So it was a nice little getaway. We love Galveston. Um, I know a lot of people kind of bag on Galveston. That's where we always went growing up. I mean, it's a short drive. I mean, four hour drive for, you know, four hours, 15 minutes and you're there. Um, when we love this, we just love the town of Galveston. Mm-hmm. Like it's got so much history down there on the strand. Uh, you got all the shops and stuff and you can see, you know, like, and you walk in some buildings, it shows like where the water levels were, yeah. you know, during certain hurricanes and stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we've been going there for five or six years now. And, uh, we just kind of know all the spots, like all the restaurants. So I ate a bunch of seafood. I love po' boys. So, um, I ate some, I ate a couple po' boys and drank a few beers and, um, just, it was a good little weekend getaway to relax. And uh, it was it was fun seeing the seeing the the boy and his cousins, you know, play and play in the ocean and play in the pool. And it was nice just to sit there and drink a cold beer next to the pool and just relax and, and get away for a little bit. But it was good to get home, too, at the same time. Yeah, it's but, always good that first night back, back in your bed. Yeah. But I could imagine. We went to Galveston last year, and I remember I, for some reason I was texting you because we went to Jimmy John's, and I hate Jimmy John's. And you just compounded that like you're – Galveston where all that seafood is and you're eating Jimmy John's like what are you doing and I just felt like such an idiot <laughs> for even telling you that I was like he's 100% right first of all Jimmy John sucks and I'm I'm in a seafood town and I actually like seafood and I'm for some reason I don't know why I was like texting you like yeah I'm getting Jimmy John's right now and you're like you're what are you doing right now man you should throw that away and go get seafood and I was like yeah you're you're right I just well, like I just shamefully like just closed my phone down <laughs> after you said that well the next time you go let me know and I'll give you all the rec- recommendations yeah because we usually go to like I remember last time we went to Rainforest Cafe but that was because our Elizabeth really liked that you know she liked that's that the only reason why you should ever go to Rainforest Cafe yeah because because the food was like it's like twenty dollars a plate for like good. four dollars worth of deliciousness. It was like $50 for us three, and I was like, it was a cool experience because there's only like four other people in there, it seemed like, when we went. So she, I just I just carried around the whole place. You know, we yeah. interacted with all that, but it was a good experience. I'm sure she'll want to go back later in life, but I'm in no rush to go back. Yeah. It seems like when I was a kid, it was really cool, but then you go back as an adult, and you're like, yeah, this is just overpriced, you know, stuffed animals and overpriced for pasta. For sure. It, it's one of those things that that you do for your kids. Yeah, and I've, we took Landry there. There's, they've got that one up up in Grapevine at Grapevine Mills. We've we've taken them there. Um, but yeah, if you ever need recommendations down in Galveston, let me know because um, I know several spots. I do, but I branched out. We branched out this time because um, my brother-in-law's wife. She can't really do seafood, um, so we ate Mexican one night, so we found a really good Mexican spot there on the island, and then we did pizza because it was one of the niece's birthdays on Sunday, so she wanted pizza, and it actually turned out to be really good pizza, um, but those first two nights, I got my fill of seafood, so yeah. I was happy. Um, How do you not get seafood when you're down there, though? I mean, like... Well, it's right unless there. Unless you have some kind of allergen to it. Yeah. It just seems like so wrong just to at least get like something yeah and it, it's it's all caught right there and you, right? it just i know it sounds silly but it tastes different than unless you're eating high end up here in dallas like if you're at a high-end seafood place yeah that's one thing because they probably get their stuff flown yeah, in daily but it just tastes different when yeah, you're down you're right. there um and i don't know if that's like a placebo effect in your mind like because you you're there by the sea so you just expect it to be i don't know but it, it tastes better it's so much fresher um it's just we love galveston um it's always a good time it's a quick trip it's a cheap trip uh trip because we uh it's uh 
the weekend after what was it Labor Day? Yeah, Labor Day. So that's when they're like busy season officially ends. Yeah, so, definitely go the week after. Labor so all Day. the all the hotel prices went way down. We usually go in October, which I like better because it, it was, still feels pretty good out too. You it know? still feels pretty it's good. Be damn near eighty, anyways. Yeah, and it was less. It's less crowded. It was still pretty damn crowded. And if I think we're the same, like you know, if I don't have to be around people, like. If I can go with, and there's a less crowded time, I, that's when I want to go. Absolutely. In October, is, it's way less people. Yeah. We went in February. <laughs> oh, perfect. Because <laughs> it was actually my daughter's birthday, and we just drove down there for that. So there was nobody there, and that was great. Yeah, and we were, you know, Friday, Saturday, there was 30, 45-minute hour waits at all the restaurants. And when you go when you go a little bit later, there's none of that. You walk right in. Mm. Um, but it was still good. And then, uh, so, yeah, we did that, and then... You know, I've just been working, and then for some odd reason, I decided to apply for grad school this week. There you go. I don't know why. I guess. Hey, knowledge is gangster. I I like, I'm weird. I like school. I like, in school, it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but, you know, especially college, like, all it is is, like, work. Like, how much, how hard do you want to work? How bad do you want it? It's not a smart thing, because I'm not a very smart person, as people who listen to this podcast could probably tell you but it's just it's how bad do you you know like you said how bad do you want it it's you know and i just and i'm doing it obviously for you know opportunities you know career wise and it'll open up more doors and uh, i just want to see if i can do it um but yeah i applied to grad school this week so knock on wood and cross your fingers and hopefully you know we'll hear something back I, I, i know i've got the grades to get in um it just depends on how competitive this NBA program might be a good time to do it too. I think so, because I don't know, you know, with the pandemic how that's affecting enrollment for all these colleges. Right. You know, I I don't know, but hopefully, you know, cross our fingers and you know we'll, we'll see what happens. But while uh, before we get further into the show, uh, I just want to remind you guys to, if you could, if you haven't done it yet, please rate and review us on iTunes. Um, while we're trying to grow this thing, these early, uh, reviews and, and ratings really help us, you know, try to get our name out there and try to get the podcast out there and follow us on social media. It's, uh, we're at, um, the dad lab pod on Twitter and Instagram. And then if you have any questions or any comments, you can email us at the dad lab pod at gmail.com. Um, and we want to thank everybody, um, cause we actually hit, uh, surpassed our first 100 downloads. Um, so thank you to all you guys that have been listening and downloading and sharing it for us. Um, so we hit a hundred downloads in three episodes, which I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. Sounds good to me. I thought it was cool. I think we're sitting somewhere around 110 or so right now. So a hundred um, more than I thought we'd get. So right. Far, so. Well, I, th- I figured we'd get like five from like friends and family, <laughs> yeah. but my wife hasn't listened to it. My nobody I know. Lauren, the only way my Lauren, law sisters, no. The only way Lauren listens is if like, because I usually I do editing in bed, and that's the only way she listens is like when she's laying, you know, when we're in bed <laughs> and she hears me, you know, editing. But she doesn't listen. No, but she does share, you know, share it and share the retweets it and shares it on instagram yeah, so that that, uh, that all helps um so let's move on to the news desk and this week's story um is a dad story 
the headline reads, Ohio Dad Invents a Candy Shoot for Touch-Free Trick-or-Treating. So this comes out of Cincinnati, um, and the story reads, Andrew Beatty of Cincinnati said he and his six-year-old daughter came up with the candy shoot as a means of dispensing Halloween candy while social distancing and keeping the potential spread of germs to a minimum. So basically what he did is he took a tube from an Amazon package. It's six foot long, and he spray-painted it orange, and he added some... For the like black tape to give it like a, <laughs> yeah. yeah for it's for the bingles too uh and he, he wrapped it in kind of black tape and he fixed it to the railing um of the steps leading up to his house so he said it's going to be a completely touch-free experience he's got instructions for the kids down below where to place their bags he's going to be wearing a mask while he's handing it out and uh he's going to be wearing gloves and switching his gloves out um you know frequently and it's a way you know, because L.A. canceled Halloween. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and I think more cities in California are, are following Hell, it. they're dealing with the palatial <coughs> fire right yeah, now. So I, yeah, Halloween's I know. Halloween's probably the last thing on their mind. I know they've got, you know, other stuff going on. But, yeah. um, but, you know, for kids, you know, a lot of kids don't understand Halloween being canceled due to a pandemic. So I just oh. thought it was cool that this dad is going to this length, you know, to continue – the, yeah, you know, it's a ha- good it's a good solution to the problem, especially like locally. And you know, I, we saw in the story how he like shared it on Facebook, and it was getting all this. You know, he sent out like instructions on how to do it and step by step, so other people could do it. You know, if you have like because we have a little handrail at our, so it's like a three step up on our porch. Because I was just thinking about, you know, rifling those fuckers into those kids' chest like a little Snickers bar. Was yeah, my that's, backup plan was just eating them right at them. <laughs> that's more than I would have done. I would have got like the t-shirt cannon, just, <laughs> just or just turn all my lights off and tell them to not come over. Yeah, we last year we put our lights on and nobody came, and I was like, cool. First year, kind of living in kind of a neighborhood. Yeah, you kind of at least want to get a feel for it. But no, we didn't get a one. You know, I put like an orange light up, like in the in the uh, they just porch. Thought your house was too creepy. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> But nobody came, I guess, uh, you know, and more and more people are moving towards like the trunk or treats where, you know, they're going to like a community center and they're doing that or to a church parking lot and everybody oh. kind of, they walk around and everybody's got like their That's trunks open. Lame. You know, there's, I don't see as near as many kids walking around like when no, we were man, coming we up. To, we, my dad would just load up a trailer and we'd all jump on the bed, you know, like a, uh, and we'd all jump in the back and drive around this neighborhood from neighborhood, like all like ten of us just filling up our bags. I just I don't see it as much. You know, I don't know if that's a safety thing. I don't know if that's just a sign of the times thing. But I think it's more of a sign of the times. I don't because I now like it would be like my dad would drive all of us around, and now you see like two adults for every one kid walking around. You know. Yeah, uh, I know. Last year we didn't walk, and it was more of an age thing, but because um, he was four last year we walked around the square because they do the trick or treat on the square and you know for a five-year-old that's good but i mean when i was coming up i look forward to halloween oh yeah i remember walking everywhere yeah you'd walk miles by the end of the night you'd be back tired yeah tired eat a couple pieces and save the rest it it was awesome when you found that house i was giving out full-size candy bars not in my neighborhood no, I had to go down to Mobilla. Yeah, say uh, like I knew a, I knew a neighborhood over there. They were giving a, a couple you houses case them out like yeah. weeks before. No, you just kind of remember from the year before. You Word always gets around. There's no social media. It's all word of mouth. Yeah, you'd be talking <laughs> about it in school. There would be that one dick that's giving out like toothbrushes and like raisins. 
Yeah, he got eggs at the end of the night. Yeah, he did. I never wanted to be that house. I had good candy last year, too. I had good candy. I mean, I had to eat it. <laughs> I had to, I right? had to. I had no choice. I mean, nobody <laughs> came and got it. <laughs> I don't. But, I remember last year, we, we, we took her around uh, to the next street over, and then on Harbin over here, there's that guy. He's like a exotic animal controller, and he was just like the king of the neighborhood because he put on a fucking show with all his animals. You know, everyone's out there like... He had a petting zoo going on. He had, like, handing out snakes to people, and pretty much all the action was down there. I mean, there had to been hundreds of people going up and down the street next to us. So we were like, all right, well, I'm not going down there with all those people. So we <laughs> turned around and walked back, and, you know, because Elizabeth was two at the time. Yeah. She was just, you know, we gave her some candy. And she, she, We got enough just to fill up her bag, and we were like, all right, that's it. Let's come back home. And we handed out a little bit, but you're right, it wasn't nearly as much because all the action was either somewhere else or people just weren't going out. I figured your neighborhood would be great because yeah, you got think like so. several streets lined, you know, in a row. Yeah. And they're long streets. I figured, you know, over That's here. So we thought just up and down the streets. Yeah. But it was like people like you said, people knew the hot spots and they were just hitting up certain houses and I guess we don't have that reputation yet, so which is fine with me. I'm not trying to give out I'm not trying to talk to strangers. <laughs> I don't, Even if I'm the stranger you don't have to kid, talk to I don't them, want to talk just to say, them. Hey, no, I feel like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm watching something. I'm no, watching a movie over here. <laughs> are you going to be one of those people who just leave a ball outside when it's gone, it's gone? It's, when it's gone, it's gone. You know, if one kid hits the jackpot, God bless you, kid. There would be, I'd be that dick kid that just picked <laughs> up the ball and just dumped it in my bag. I got to ring doorbell, though, so I, was, I at least like, scold him as he ran away. All right, but yeah, that was a cool story about a dad kind of just know, being a good dad, being a good dad, being a good like neighborhood dad to all the other kids. That's you right. Think, which I hope inspires some others because it really is a good idea, like a good perfect t- idea for like you know to stay you know whatever distant and you know not touch and all that. So it was a great idea. I still think like a candy cannon would work too, Slingshot. just blasting kids <laughs> in the face. All right, uh, so that brings us to our discussion on the last Mighty Ducks movie, D3. Um, what did you think, just r- real quick? Uh, like, uh, just the D- just D3? Just D3, yeah. D3? I mean, it was good. It was it was more realistic. It was more realistic, I think, because they were older, so they were playing, like, more legit hockey, and they were, like, the coach just seemed more like a coach than Bombay. You know, he actually yeah. gave him like life lessons and was teaching him like how to play and I liked it more than the second one, although the premise of the third one's a little silly because the stakes aren't as high. I feel like in the second one, if you're fighting like Iceland for the world tournament and then the third one it's like, Hey, J V's gonna go up against varsity and that's the whole premise is J V versus varsity, the stakes are a lot lower for the finale. Yeah, I I thought based off me watching the trailer, I was way more impressed with it than what I thought I was going to be i thought it was good i think you're right like it's weird to me that these people like pack the house for like a jv varsity like scrimmage like i played high school athletics like and whenever we played the varsity or we played the jv it wasn't you it was just like like it was like a practice yeah this was like life at the academy yeah um but there was i mean there still was a ton of silliness going on oh there's always shenanigans yeah i mean i get it you know it's, it's a kids a disney movie. hockey, it's a disney movie, hockey movie um the second one though i feel like had a lot more shenanigans which is annoying like cheesy sound effects and just like wonky situations whereas yeah, this one yeah. it, it was a little more serious i think because yeah. they're a little older so i like that about it i think if like since we've already done all three i would say d1 d3 d2 in that order for me okay the first one was the best and then the third one 
was my second favorite. And the second one was just more silly. It had a good premise. I liked the whole world tournament in that one. I think that had a better like arc and finale than the third one, where the third one was like, oh, we're going to take on Varsity, and you know we're going to beat you guys. And it's like, well... You know, you can just take over Varsity in two years when those guys are gone. And the World Tournament was like a big deal, so the stakes were higher. But the third one was just a better movie. I think I may rank them in order, D1, 2, 3. Um, just, just because, I don't know, like, it's, like, they, they're they like 14 or 15. And, like, yeah. Charlie is, like, still wrapped up in this whole, like, I'm a duck thing. Like, I think, like, somebody could, like psychoanalyze this and like this kid has like major issues because like his whole identity is wrapped up in like I mean where's his father figure you know well his dad well Gordon we see Charlie's mom she makes a return still a fox she is still a fox still a fox so but I don't know I liked it um but it opens up with a montage of different moments from the first two movies um, and it kind of opens up with a voiceover of Gordon Bombay uh, introducing <laughs> the Ducks to the school, and come to find out it's his alma mater. Alma he mater, went there. Yeah. Um, I have written down Charlie's mom is back, still a fox. Um, <laughs> and then you kind of get a fir- the first look at the kids, and like you can tell how much they've matured from the first one to the second one. Oh yeah, puberty like, hit. Yeah, yeah, real hard. Yep. Um, and then you know we kind of learn that Bombay isn't going to stay. He got another job offer to be like head personnel of like player management at the Goodwill games, which is like the tournament from D2 that they were playing in. So did it make you think though, like, cause obviously it's just a movie. So did Emilio just not want to be a central part in this movie? Because it's almost like they wrote him out of that part to bring in coach O'Ryan because Emilio Estevez still could have been a draw and could have played this part. Do they just like, be like, no, we're going to go a separate direction. I could have done the homework stiff arm. and seen like, if there was another movie that came yeah, out. Yeah, so I was thinking, like, maybe he had a bigger movie that year, and the, con- and the, con- the schedule just conflicted. Yeah, just, so he, I was like, that's kind of weird that he's going to be in this movie, but he's not going to be the coach anymore. They're going to go this separate way. I didn't know if they just thought that was a better, like, screen, like, plot point for the movie, or just he had something going on. I don't think plot points were a big deal for these <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, right. like, they, weren't, they weren't talking about I think it was probably just, like, a that. scheduling, or, like, hey, we only have enough money for X amount of scenes with this guy, so... I well, don't think plot point was at the forefront spoiler there. Spoiler alert. Coach O'Ryan, great coach. He was a good, good coach. Good coach, good guy, good dad. And we'll get good to coach. it. Yeah, we'll get to it. Um, but, yeah, he ends up, you know. Because at first, I mean, we'll talk about it, but at first, yeah, I was like, this fucking guy is no Bombay. He doesn't get the duck mentality. He's never quacked in his life. <laughs> so, uh, Charlie's trying to plead uh, Gordon to stay, and, you know, he, he's got – you can't can't blame him though. It's like his dream job or yeah, equivalent it's, to it's, it's a like, good job. Yeah, I'm I'm a little too old to be hanging out with you, 14 year olds now. Yeah, and Charlie, you know, he's upset and and so he storms off because that's what teenagers do. Um, and then you know they're all walking through campus and uh, we get a Dallas Stars mention. Oh yeah. Um, they they're talking about Orion and how he left the North Stars because he punched out the coach and uh, I forget the the kid's name, but the Hick. He's like, Cowboy, hey, don't you yeah. mean the Cowboys? He's like, hey, don't you mean Dallas Stars? So, uh, and he was wearing a Dallas Stars jersey yeah, during one of the practices. It might be wrong, but I think there was a reference in all three of them to the, to the North Stars, Stars yeah. or the Stars. Because yeah. Madonna was in the first one, and then, yeah, there's been like subtle references the whole way. And then there's a Pantera <laughs> reference, too. There is. Were you going to get to that? Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Oh, my bad. No, no, you're good. I actually took notes. Like, yeah, I, I, I took, did too, but I was a little 
drunk, I think. It was after the Stars lost to Vegas in, like, game two. And then I, like, bitterly thought I would just watch D3. And I was, like, scribbling all these notes. Like, probably not in the best mindset. And that was, like, a week or two ago. So. No, I actually. Matt's going to take over this segment for a while. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just. Because I think we, you know, I went. I went back and listened, and there were several times where I was like, oh, I should have done that homework, or I didn't do that homework, I didn't do that research, so I wanted to come prepared, because uh, I felt like I didn't do enough research for the cereal, Mount Rushmore, because you <laughs> killed it with the, uh, with the you know, the, the sales it. numbers. I love cereal. Dude, I love cereal, <laughs> too, man. I had some honeycomb today. Nice. Um, That's your favorite. That is my favorite. I learned that Dude, from I last week. It. I love it. Um, but we meet the varsity who uh, is set up to be the villains. Or the bad guys in this movie, um, and then I noted I saw a guy and he <laughs> looked really familiar, and I guess I'm gonna admit this: I'm a big Walking Dead fan. I've watched Walking Dead since season two live, so as as it as it airs. So and there was a my young Michael Cudlitz who plays. He looks 32 at the time, oh, and now well, only looks about 37. The age is so. And weird. he plays Abraham on The Walking Dead. If anybody watches that show. Just imagine him how he looks now, but just take away like the handlebar mustache. He had yeah. the same haircut. He got a little bigger, but he's still a big guy. I mean, it's just weird. I saw that guy, and I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. He looks like he he could be like in our fantasy league right now in this movie from <laughs> 1994. But it's 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 one of those things where the except for D1, the opposing team or the nemesis or the villains, they're just so much bigger. Like all those dudes on Varsity, they looked. They didn't even look 17 or 18. They looked in their mid twenties. <laughs> they were just so much bigger and faster and they just they were more physically advanced. Um so what you're saying is they're just a better hockey team. They're better well we'll yeah, see about that. We'll see about that. <laughs> so we get another roller bla- rollerblading scene um montage when they're on they're on the way to the school. And I, I get was rollerblading that big in the in the early it to mid nineties? Uh it was a big deal, man. I remember a Bill Bird joke, just a side note, you know, it says, like, you know, everybody thought rollerblading was so cool, everyone had a pair until one guy made a gay joke about it, and then overnight, millions of pairs of rollerblades <laughs> in the garbage, because I used to skate, I used to skate all the time, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think skateboarding became such a big deal, yeah. and that was, like, the cool sport, and, because, you know, they're kind of, like, both, like, you know, whatever you want to call it, extreme sports, like X Games, like BMX, skateboarding, and skating, and if you were and like razor scooters, but come on, who who does those anymore? And it's like, man, if you were like a blader, a you're blader. you're gonna get beat up so hard, <laughs> or made fun of so hard. So I was like, no, nah, I don't do that, man. I never bladed. They used to call them fruit <laughs> booters. Yeah. Remember those those pairs of soap shoes? We soap. Could, like nobody could run and jump on a rail like that and man, grind it. My mom would never let me God, get. I got soaps. a pair, and it was the biggest regret. Those things weighed like five pounds, <laughs> man. They were, and every it sounded like tap shoes. Every step you took, they were clanking on the but ground. Look, but look at your calves now. Yeah, though. right, popping. Yeah, she would never let me get soaps or Jinkos. Oh man, I wore the shit out of Jinkos. I tucked my chain wallet so deep in those pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Mom would never let me get them, so yeah. I never. I got some off-brand BS. I was like, so fucking tough back then. <laughs> I forget what we called them because he had like jocks, preps. Like I think we called bangers. bangers. Yeah, bangers. man, of course. He's a banger. I'd wear like my corn shirt, chain mm-hmm. wallet. My ball <gasps> chain necklace, ball stud necklace, my chili bowl that I parted in the middle like that, <laughs> yep. dude. You wouldn't want to fuck with that forehead, <laughs> kid. Uh, so yeah, we get the we get the rollerblading scene when when the, when they're on the way to the assembly, um, 
And then we get a and hel- oh. we get a hilarious like fat guy physical comedy skating scene when Goldberg just loses control. He's a, he's just running downhill. He's skating away and Charlie's chasing him and he gets wrapped up in a hose and he gets chased by a dog and then he gets a, he runs through a clothesline and gets a sheet over him. So all that get, momentum carried him all that way too. I don't way. think he I don't think he was like pumping those hips at, at all to go. He no, was just it was all downhill. He just had his hands out. It was like Charlie. <laughs> It was all downhill, <laughs> and so finally, yeah, like, apparently all downhill, all, all down, momentum. Yeah, and Charlie catches up to him. They fly and jump over like a twenty foot gap. Well, down. yeah, we saw that vertical from Charlie in D two. Man, he's got that like eight foot vertical. And they meet up with the rest of the group. Um, so they they crash the assembly in typical hilarious ducks fashion. Just classic shenanigans. Yep. And uh, that's how they're introduced to the school. Um, at least the ducks are. The rest of the cats are. They're in the. They're sitting in the assembly, all nice and proper. Um, but yeah. So one thing I noticed is cancel culture was alive and well in the mid '90s because that's how Charlie meets his little crush, is she's wanting everybody to sign a petition to change the school name of the Warriors. Oh yeah, that's where they meet. They talk about Pantera. I think. Yeah, oh, yeah. Shortly after that, they talk about you know she says I don't like you, and he's like, well, you don't even know me, and. He's like, hey, do you like music? And she's like, yeah. He's like, do you like Pantera? She's like, I love Pantera. So, yeah. But I just kind of thought that was funny that you know, with the red, with, ooh, almost said, oh, don't the, you dare, dude. The Washington football team changing go. their name, and uh, we've talked about you know the Cleveland Indians and stuff like that. That you know that was even happening you know in the early nineties. Uh, and Charlie's still holding on to this. He's a duck thing, like I'd mentioned before. Like his. His identity is wrapped up in his nine-year-old hockey team. Um, and then did you notice the dude who played the goalie for the varsity? It's the same actor that played Gunnar Stahl from D2. No way. Yeah. And I, from I, Iceland? Yeah. Transferred in? And I wrote, I wrote, was Gunnar Stahl an undercover agent? Oh, shit. Because now he's playing goalie. He was, he was a He was a skater. You know, for Iceland, he was like their, you know, yeah, he was one like guy. their best player on that. Yeah, but now he's a goalie. Probably he's lost the player. accent. <laughs> lost he, the he accent. Lost the accent. Still has a thing for Julie the cat though, because if you remember oh, in yeah, two, the they kind of they, they, they had shared a moment. Yeah, and then they shared another kind of little moment. So that kind of made me think: was he is he an undercover agent? Did he slip into this school to keep tabs on the ducks, or what's going on here? But I'm surprised you didn't pick up on that. But yeah, Gunnar Stahl, the same actor, played. In D3, he was the goalie for the varsity. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the Ducks go out for the first practice. And here we are again with this damn rope. Yeah. And a bunch of yeehaws. And a bunch of yeehaws. Yeah. So they're they're skating around, and they're getting roped. And then, of course, Charlie gets roped, and he lands right at the feet of Coach O'Ryan. And that's where we get introduced to Coach O'Ryan. And he is no-nonsense. He, I mean, he is straight to the point. Honestly, um, he's a good coach. He's a good he coach. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't let them just yeehaw and rope each other all day. And uh, he he says some line to Charlie about what's that? Does that C on your chest stand for Charlie? Because you're not a captain. He takes away his captainship. Dude. Um, Charlie gets smart back with him, makes him do laps. So you kind of could tell right there that this is not Coach Bombay. This isn't you know District Five hockey anymore. Uh, this guy means business. Yep. JV business. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he fi- he tells them that they're not ducks anymore, and the one person that needs to hear it the most is 
not here, there to listen to it. He's he's skating laps around the rink. So they start practicing, and Goldberg still sucks. Always. He still sucks. He why put, Why was he given a scholarship is what I want to know. I have no clue. Just a tag along, um, really. And then they put, and then you, a little bit later, you see Julie the Cat in the same practice, and she's stopping everything. She's yeah. stuffing everybody. Um, Just like she did in the World Championship. But the coach warns him to stay away from the varsity until the JV varsity showdown. Um, and then he posts positions, and people are not happy about the positions. Fulton makes a comment that he plays left side or vice versa. He's like, I'm a left side defender, not a right side defender. Um, and people aren't happy. Adam Banks makes varsity. So, again. I, the only one with skill, really. But Although, Charlie, it seems like he his skill gap got way smaller. seems like he was a lot better hockey-wise in this movie than he was in the first two. Because his nickname in the – and the first one was Spazway because <laughs> he was just – you just knew he was going to screw up in a, like an easy chance. But it seemed like in that first game, like he had like four goals. Yeah. And he just – it seemed like at least the actor who was playing all the action scenes was a much better hockey player than than Charlie was not um, in the past. Um, and then uh, let's see. So Julie beats out Goldberg. Of course. Um, Charlie's not the captain. And then Hans makes his return. Son of a bitch. Hans makes his return. Still not a Nazi. We don't know. I that. have that written down. He's still. I do. I have proof <laughs> for you. I have okay. proof for you a little bit later on. I want to hear this. Um, so Charlie, just like you know, Gordon does back in the first movie, he goes to see uh, Hans anytime you know he's down or something bothering him because he's kind of like a father figure for him and Hans kind of tells him just suck it up you know you know and they need you he's like show coach Orion you know the way um the way of the ducks and then they they show you know some school scenes of Kenny poor Kenny Wu is getting picked on and getting his lunch taken um and then Charlie they show another practice scene and Charlie's struggling with uh with defending because now he's they that was coach Orion's big like emphasis yeah, like he wanted to play two-way hockey and charlie's struggling with that um let's see averman again is trying to be class clown classic averman coach isn't falling for it um and then we get that scene where charlie's trying to get his mac on with and i, I didn't even get her name uh pantera fan Pan, pantera fan we find out that they both share a love of pantera which is not weird. Understandable. It's weird for her because she she looked real buttoned up and preppy and yeah. She's getting petition signed to stop the uh, uh, warrior name. Yeah, and it's like, hey, you like Pantera? Yeah, I like Pantera. It's just kind of weird, but again, plot. It's plot just weird is that not, that was the reference. I mean, I'm actually kind of like proud of uh, Disney for putting that in because they could have said something cheesy like, "Hey, you like Stone Temple Pilots? That's still <laughs> like a decent band. Like, yeah, I like them." But Pantera's like, hell yeah, I like Pantera. Right. That was awesome. So I was proud of that. Uh, then we get into the first game, um, and it's a domination. Uh, before the game, they're in the huddle and they start quacking. And Coach Orion shuts that shit down. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "What are you doing? We're, I've already you been over like this. Fools. We're not ducks." <laughs> uh, the knuckle puck kills somebody. Like Nate Tyler winds up for the knuckle puck, hits the goalie in the head, and he just collapses. So I'm pretty sure he killed that kid. Can't can't confirm, uh, but anyway, it's like I mean, there's more hockey silliness going on. Like 
the Cowboys like juggling the puck up in the air and there's just other silliness going on like you know shooting between your teammates legs I don't know Stuff it's that like would never happen never even, happen. even in like a rec game because you would just get cross checked so but hard I get it it's for kids I get it yeah again we're, we're not we're the oddities <laughs> um Goldberg still sucks because after two periods it's nine nothing um and then in the most unremar uh, the most just unbelievable third period happens and yeah. the team comes back to tie nine nine. Um, they get to the locker room, they just had their ass kicked, uh, and then the varsity put all their clothes in the shower and left the shower with the water running. So the Which ducks get them. Not bad, not bad, but the ducks got something prank. coming. That's a pretty good prank. So the not ducks bad. go down to the chemistry lab and get the liquid nitrogen and freeze all their clothes. And then uh, so the varsity uh, invites them out to dinner, does the old dine and dash, leaves them with like $800, $900 bill. So they have to do dishes and, and clean Cody, up. And, and, and I say Cody. Uh, Agent Adam. Cody Banks. Yeah, Agent Cody Banks was there the whole time. <laughs> just, just knew it was coming too, and let him fall right for it. Uh, so you know, more pranks ensue. I think they get ants and release some kind of like yeah. African devil ants in their rooms, and the, with an elaborate like tube system feeding into each room, um, which would have been funny. You know, as a kid, it would have been funny. So they start biting all the kids and. And they challenge him, so the varsity's upset about it, and they challenge him to a secret game. Does not go well. <laughs> you know, they say first to ten, and I think I counted like six or eight goals, like just real quick. Uh, Goldberg still sucks. I have that written down. Do you um, have it underlined? No. Because he still sucks. No. I, I should have put it in all caps, but yeah. I didn't. Um, but, of course, Coach Orion walks in on the secret game, shuts it down, and all the kids were wearing the duck jerseys. And he told him to take them all off. So, you know, everybody's taking theirs off but Charlie. Charlie folds his Still arms. holding on. Folds his arms. And he goes, you got two options, take it off or walk. And so he starts walking away, and he and he has this line. He goes, you're breaking up the best thing any of us ever had. <laughs> and I'm like, Charlie, for yourself, you realize bro. there's only like five of you original dudes left, like – and Keenan Allen or Keenan Thompson's character, like he came from like Compton, like this is the best shot. Yeah, he's, he's got. like, hey, dude, he's I'm like, a, I'm staying. And he's made he made that point. Yeah, he made times. that point. Like, I this is the best chance I got, bro. I can't screw like, this I'm up. Staying. So you could just fly out of here, little duck. So him and uh, Fulton walk, and then they play. You know, the next couple scenes is of them playing hooky at an amusement park. Um, and then Charlie's like, hey. You know, this is awesome. And Fulton's like, yeah, we can't do this every day. Charlie's like, yeah, we'll just go to public school for a couple of years, and then we'll just go play juniors in Canada. Fulton's like, look, dude, I don't know if I want to play hockey for the rest of my life. So Charlie, of course, gets upset and is like, you know what? You can get out of here, too. I don't need you. Uh, and then the bombshell. We figure out that Hans dies. Because Charlie goes to see him. Yeah, Charlie. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I was a little drunk at that point. Yeah, Charlie goes to see him, and you see before he walks in that he kind of he's coughing, and he doesn't look real good. Probably and from all that exposure from the gas chamber in the forties, oh, finally catching let, up. To give him. it up. Give Just it. telling you, man. Exposure over time will get you. It's like no. secondhand smoke. Moving on. Not a Nazi. Uh, <laughs> Not confirmed either. So Charlie, you know, he goes and visits with Hans again, and Hans, you know, basically tells him that he needs to go back and, and give it up and that Coach O'Ryan sees something in him. That's why, that's, why, so that's why he's being so hard on yeah. him. Uh, and then he goes to see his mom because they can't get a hold of him because he's been playing hooky all day. 
And so that's when he gets the news um, that Hans had passed away. And then Gordon Bombay returns. And I have written down so much teen angst from Charlie. Like, <laughs> he is the, the poster child for teen angst. Like, he is just the typical typical teenager. Um, and so Gordon, the day after the funeral, Gordon comes by and gets him out of bed at, like, 7.30. And they spend the day together. And he wanted to show Charlie why Coach O'Ryan – it's kind of the way he was because Charlie's whole point was, look, he's just a washed up ex NHL guy that couldn't hack it, that gets his rocks off, you know, taking it out on, on kids, but turn, you know, come to find out that they're sitting in the, they're sitting in the stands in the rink and you see coach O'Ryan out on the ice and he's pushing his daughter. He's dancing with his daughter who's in a wheelchair on the ice. And he, and he kind of says, Hey, you know, she was in an accident, you know, five years ago. And, you know, when the when the uh, stars picked up and went to Dallas, he decided to stay here because he didn't want to mess with their daughter, or, you know, with his with their doctors and their treatment and stuff like that. So, you kind of see Charlie softening. And oh man, I remember softening at that point too. I was yeah, like, damn, yeah. Coach O'Ryan, nothing but um, love. So you know, and then Gordon takes him to the you know to the school and shows him his old picture and I guess he's, you know some kind of record that he had there at the school and. Kind of just tells him like, look, you know, this is a great place. You know, this is a good opportunity, and and basically he convinces him to to stay. Uh, so, uh, and then we get another street hockey scene, where again, Gordon and Charlie have no equipment, yet somehow they get equipment, and there's the street hockey montage, um, and then we get the news that the dean is going to pull. The board is going to pull the the team's scholarships, and then, you know, the reason for it is like the team was underperforming. I have written down like, is there that much pressure on JV prep school hockey? Apparently, at that one school, because all they were playing up against, what it seemed like was their co- competition was varsity. And I mean, I know they're getting smoked by varsity, but you know, just give them some time and let them mesh together for a little while. So um, I think it was just like a, a class thing, you know, like these kids. Yeah, were that's exactly underprivileged kids, and these were like rich kids, and it's like they don't belong here. So then I have Bombay comes back and puts his nuts on the table and threatens <laughs> a lawsuit if they kick him out. So if you remember back to D one, he was a hotshot lawyer um, before he got you know put on community service or whatever. Um, and he comes in, and he's like, "Look, I've got a case. I'll tie it up for years in court. So you better just let these kids stay." Um, and then another rollerblading scene, and then do we already get to the Mall of America scene? They they made the Mall of America trip again. Yeah, I said more rollerblading. Like (laughs) they were really pushing this. They they wanted rollerblading to be the 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 sport of the new millennium for sure. Um, and so this takes us to the end of the movie where it's the big showdown, the JV varsity uh, game. And they do a Norwegian tribute to Hans where they skate in a circle and they they touch the ice. Not a German tribute. It's a Norwegian <laughs> tribute. Well, he defected somewhere. Stop. And Hans was not a Nazi. It it proves it right here that he was a <laughs> Norwegian. Right yes, I'm pointing to it. Y'all can't see it, but I'm pointing to it. He was Norwegian. He wasn't German. I don't think the Norwegians like gassed a bunch of people. I could be wrong. He could be wrong. I don't know. He could be a, a pioneer in the Norwegian cultures. But the villains wear black again. I noticed that the Hawks from D1, they wore black. 
Iceland wore yep. black, and the varsity team is wearing black, so they've really got the light versus dark, you know, thing going. Um, and Goldberg, he moved Goldberg out of goalie. Now he's playing defense, and apparently they just had him playing out of the wrong, out of position this whole time because he was a really good defender. Yeah, he like why not give him plays. another shot? Yeah. He made several plays, and, and then um, there were several uncalled penalties. Like, it was like prison rules. Like, these varsity players. That's were, how it was against Iceland, too. That they was a sketchy game. They were headhunting, man. Yeah. They were just out there smacking kids. I mean, if I was watching my 14-year-old kid just get laid out by those kids, I think I'd be standing up and saying something like, at least blow the whistle, you know? Yeah, but they weren't. It was prison rules. <laughs> yeah, prison rules for sure. So, it's it's – it's zero zero um, after two, and that's something that Orion kind of preached throughout the movie is that he wanted two way defensive hockey. He said it takes one second to score, so no lead is safe. Um, good point. Good point. Um, so he wanted them to kind of play gritty, tough, you know, just kind of defensive hockey, and and they are. It's zero zero, and uh, it's a, and there was a weird Paul Korea uh, cameo. Paul, Paul, Korea. Paul Korea, he played for the Mighty Ducks. Oh, he was an actual NHL player? He was an actual NHL player. He's the dude that was in the intermission, the second intermission that mm. the kid announcer analyst is interviewing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Paul Korea, yeah. Paul Korea, he he played for the Ducks. Um, he was probably the spokesman for the ten team plus since, years. They were, since they were like – they were at expansion at that point because they had their se- their stadium in the second movie, so they yeah, were playing their – a couple years. A couple years into yeah. the franchise. But he was like their – they're like kind of key star player for yeah a decade um but then we get the return of dean portman fuck yeah because he decided to to stay and then to stay in chicago and then i guess when bombay came back and got their scholarships kind of saved he went to chicago (laughs) and convinced him to come back and play probably wasn't doing shit else he's probably smoking weed yeah mega death or something living the dream which is fine (laughs) um but yeah, so the Bash brothers are reunited, and again, more silliness. They go around headbutting each other and celebrating and bashing people into boards. And he sends Michael Cudlitz through the glass, and everybody's happy. And uh, Charlie gets the C on him. You know, the captain C slapped on his chest, and he learns how to he play deserved, his defense. He earned it. And then at the very end of the movie, Goldberg gets the game winner. Yeah. Like you said, playing out of position this whole time. Whole Guy time. couldn't stop a puck, but let him shoot one. He's shooting, you know, hundred percent. And he's playing. And he's a hell of a defender, apparently. Yeah. He can so, just stand in front of the net and be like an extra shield for Julie. So, so that that just shows you, Ryan, that he's a better coach because he's like, let me if I can't use this walrus here, let me at least move him around <laughs> and see what else he can do. So, you know, he made the right call. He gave him another position, and he earned a scholarship for once. So that was D three. Um, again, I think I'd rank him one, two, three. Uh, just because I always like D two, even with all the silliness and shenanigans that, that was just a little more silly to me. Like I said, the sound effects and the yeah, all that was a little much for me. But you know, and all in all, looking back on this twenty five years later, it's still a decent trilogy. You know, yeah, it's not it's bad. A, it's a silly Disney hockey trilogy that almost uh, you know in time is still pretty damn good. And you know, they're all on Disney Plus now. So if anybody has that, if anyone has kids that wants to rewatch it. You know, instead of watching Frozen for the 37th time like I would have, you know, th- make your kid watch Mighty Ducks. Yeah, no, it was it was it was good. Um, and it brought back a lot of nostalgia. And it really did. I wrote down on there cause just how much I missed the 90s after watching all those. Well, it's crazy, though, is watching D2, which was like 94 and D3 was 96 when they came out. Like 
all the fashion like the kids are wearing, like all that's coming back now. Mm-hmm. Like it's all because now coming it's back. retro and vintage. Even though it's like that shit was, well, you know, it's crazy. Like I'm getting old, man. Like we're getting old. Like this shit that we came up with is now considered vintage by kids. Now yeah, we're gonna be hearing music that we liked in high school in like the ninety-two five. Yeah, I'm like, fuck me, man. Time <laughs> to shut early. it down. Yeah, time I'm to shut cool. it down. <laughs> All right, so, and if any of you guys have, any of you listeners have any suggestions on the next... uh, Yeah, we got to think of something. We have a couple kind of mapped out. We've talked about the, um, we've talked about the Ninja Turtle uh, trilogy, doing, reviewing that one. We've also talked about reviewing uh, Three Three Ninjas, Ninjas. which Three Ninjas for me, dude. (laughs) We're just reliving all our favorite movies from childhood, which I'm cool with. So, but if y'all have any suggestions, please email, email them over or reach out to us on Twitter. Um, and, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll discuss it and, and we were always taking, you know, criticism and, and suggestions. So, uh, I think that takes us to everybody's favorite segment. Oh man. 60 seconds on big brother. And it may be a lengthy one because we've been, I'm going to try to talk so fast so we don't no, get no, any no. bad reviews. <laughs> oh yeah. But, um, all right. So Danny, who is a total bitch on HOH and she nominated Kevin and David as a safe move because she's a bitch and just didn't want to make any big moves. So David, he had previously won a secret power called the Disruptor that no one else knew about because it was a competition in complete darkness. And um, he was able to win it. And, you know, you can either tell everybody you want it or you can keep it a secret. Obviously, you want to keep it a secret because you don't want anybody to know that you had this power because it could fuck, you know, could throw somebody's game off. So he has this power called the Disruptor. And he was able to take himself off the block with that power. So now Danny had to name a replacement. And she named Tyler, who's in alliance with her. And that kind of disrupted, you know, the alliance because you don't put up people you're cool with on the block because they could go home. Um, and then in the, then they had a power veto competition, and Devon actually won. It was her first competition she's ever won. And she went up and said she really wants to take Kevin off the block because by taking Kevin off the block, she'll gain his loyalty. And, lo- you know, having loyalty and having numbers in that game is what it's all about. You want to have strength in numbers. That's why people form alliances. And you want people to trust you until you can backstab them. So uh, after Davon wins the power of veto and she's talking to Danny and she's saying she wants to use it because she'll gain Kevin as a number for her. Danny's pleading with her not to do it because she's going to have to make um, another replacement. She's going to have to name a fourth person. And by naming a fourth person, you've already listed out four people that you don't like because you're going to have to nominate them all. And um, But Davon makes the move anyways because it's her call to make. She makes a... She takes Kevin off the off the block, and Danny now has to make her fourth nomination of the week, and she puts up Ian, and I love Ian. He's a he's a past winner. He's like he's like a quiet genius. He has autism, which is you know nothing wrong with that. It's just even more impressive that he could win this game with nothing but social with his social skills and like I love Ian. He's like the nicest guy. He's very smart, and um, they when she put him up, she's like you know I'm gonna have to put up Ian because he's gonna be my my super pawn. And, you know, he's going to be safe this week. Well, Ian started realizing that during the week after the nominations were set, Tyler wasn't campaigning to anyone. Because if you're nominated, you're going to go up to everyone and try to say, like, you know, you should keep me because I can do this for you. Or I'm not going to do this. I'm going to help you this way. Ian was doing all that. He was campaigning, which is what you should do. Tyler was just, you know, sitting back, sunbathing and drinking smoothies. And Tyler and Ian was like, you know, that's not right. What's going on here? And he pretty much figures out that there's a bigger alliance that he's not in. And he's now screwed. And uh, on nomination, or on um, last night was when they uh, took the vote. And they had he had three votes. There was eight people voting. 
if it's a tie, 4-4, the HOH would break that tie. So he was like, if I can just get four votes, I think I'll be okay, and I'll let Danny break the tie. He had three, and then he had um, a fourth would have been Nicole, who Nicole was like, I'm your number one. You know, we're together till the final two. Well, Nicole's a fake bitch, and she only said that. She was basically, I think she was faking the whole time. She just wants people to think she's nice and thinks that she likes Ian, but she knew the whole time she wasn't going to break up the alliance because that's bad for her game. So it came down to Nicole voting last. It was um, four votes to evict Ian and four to and three to evict Tyler, and he needed one more to go his way. But she unfortunately voted to evict Ian. She had some crocodiles' tears come in. She planned it all along. You know, I saw a clip behind the scenes where she was basically saying like, "I need to figure out a way to to fake these tears, and I need to figure out what to say so people don't like me." So it was all a fake. Like she she knew all along who she was going to vote out. So, but that's part of the game, though. It's right? part of the game. But I just really like Ian. I don't like Nicole. <laughs> so I say at the end, "Fuck Nicole." He went home and he had his exit interview, and he's he's just such a nice guy and so classy. He didn't blow up anyone's game. He congratulated everyone, told them all good game, and gave them all a hug before he left. But so Ian got voted out. He got backdoored basically, and um, it's just been a wild week. But you know, I know we we missed a couple weeks, and it's hard to recap like twenty four hour feeds into into sixty seconds. But um, bottom line is, Danny and Nicole both suck, and Ian's a good guy. Ian should be okay. All right. Anyways, and how, and how close are we getting to the end? Uh, good thing you should ask. Ian was the first juror, so there's going to be 11 jurors. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, so there should be 10 more people nominated or evicted out, so about maybe 10 more weeks, two and a half. Oh, my gosh. It's usually it's almost 100 days by the end of it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I think they're on day 41. So is this playing out 100. in real time? Yeah. So none of it was Yesterday, pre-recorded? No. Some oh, okay. of it is pre-recorded, uh, but, but Thursday night's a live show, so they do it all live. They do a live eviction because they take their ballots, they cast their, their votes to evict live, and then they immediately have a head of household competition to see who's going to be power that week immediately following. So they had the competition. You could have watched the live feeds because there's always live feeds because there's always cameras recording. Uh, if you go to the live feeds, you could have watched and seen who won it. Instead, we'll find out Sunday night, and then we'll find out who the new HOH is and who the nominees are. Okay. All right. It's I just, just it's the same thing every week. Nomination. Somebody wins POV, they make nominations. And then they have a, or the, sorry, they they somebody wants HOH head of household. They make nominations. They have a power veto with the nominees to see if they can get off the block. If they can't, then those two go to um, to what's it called? Through the live eviction. Okay, I shouldn't know how close we were to a new season starting. Do they usually have like it's, two seasons a year? No, or? it's every summer. Every summer. Every summer. So, so it's next like from January to, or I'm sorry, from June to like August. Early September, but this one started late, obviously because COVID. So it started late, and they're about they're close to halfway. Okay. So next year we'll get in on it. Okay, next year I, I can't get in until next year. Gotcha. Okay, and uh, I think that takes us to our Mount Rushmore Mount segment. Rushmore. And like I mentioned in the beginning, this uh, this week's is going to be the NFL bust Mount Rushmore. It's going to be the uh, our biggest NFL bust. In NFL history, draft bust. So, uh, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, I can go. You want me to do all four? Yeah, why don't you? Uh, why don't you? We'll alternate. Why don't you do one and I'll do okay, one? Okay, cool. My first one was Braylon Edwards because I remember growing up. You know, like in the early two thousands, like I watched college football seemed like more than anything. And Braylon Edwards, Calvin Johnson, 
Uh, Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Crabtree were the best college football players I've ever seen. Well, wide receivers, wide receivers I've ever seen. Three of those guys had good careers. Two of them are going to be Hall of Famers, and the other one is Braylon Edwards. Right. So he was the um, you know he went to Michigan. He was the first Big Ten receiver to record three consecutive 1,000 yard seasons, and only the third ever D1 receiver to ever do that. He got selected number three overall by Cleveland, which that was probably doomed him right there. But he played. Four years in Cleveland, two years with the Jets, one year with San Francisco, one year with Seattle, and then he went back to the Jets in 2012. He made one Pro Bowl in 2007, but for his career, he had 359 catches, 5,522 yards, and 40 touchdowns, which isn't terrible, but like I said, he went number three overall, and when he's in that company, oh, and he won the Blitnikoff. So he was yeah. an All-American, unanimous All-American, Blitnikoff winner, number three overall, and then he just bounced around after Cleveland right. and kind of sputtered. I mean, he did have one good year, but such high – I think it was the high expectations that got him. Yeah, and that and that's the kind of the story with all these guys that yeah. we're going to talk about. Um, my first one is Ryan Leaf. Uh, Ryan Leaf was selected number two overall in the 98 draft behind Peyton Manning. Um he had 317 completions on 655 attempts for his career. He threw only 14 touchdowns versus 36 interceptions. He finished with only three, uh, 3,600 passing yards and a 50 passer rating. Damn, that's not percentage, percentage completion. That's a passer rating. That's a passer rating. Um, and his career was shortened due to poor play, bad behavior, injuries, and his work ethic. And drug use also played a part in his downfall. He's, yeah. He said he, he, just, he started using opioids in 2003, which led to his addiction problem. And then later, a Texas judge sentenced him to 10 years probation. And then two years after that, he pled guilty to felony burglary and drug, possessions in Mon- drug possession in Montana. And he was sentenced to seven years in prison, which he only served two. But since, he's kind of turned his life around he's college football analyst i think on espn maybe fox um and he kind of leads uh not necessarily a ministry but he he kind of works with people uh with addictions so you know he's he's kind of turned everything around yeah. and and uh he's doing better he's yeah. doing better now I but saw one of those um it wasn't a 30 for 30 was it oh e60 mm-hmm. and it was like you're talking about he was talking to like a group of like recovering addicts and telling his story and just how he had hit absolute rock bottom yeah you know and how you know how he had these expectations and he couldn't fulfill them and so he turned to drugs and he was breaking into people's houses and shit yeah. you know and yeah. like rummaging through their cabinets and that's how he got caught that's how bad it was. He was breaking into houses, like strangers' homes, and yeah. that was a number two overall pick, you know, behind Peyton Manning. He played for the Cowboys for four he games. Did, man. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. If you had any kind of arm talent in the early 2000s, you played for the Cowboys. Vinny Testaverde, Drew Bledsoe, Ryan Leaf, Quincy Carter. It was that black hole in between. Was Ro- it Drew? Did you say Drew Henson? Drew was Henson, that the Michigan? Michigan, and he was a pitcher too, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he played. He I'm played saying, for it was the like Yankees. A, it were like the Cleveland Browns when it came to just QB carries. There was just right that black there. hole in between Aikman and Romo. Yeah, and people give Romo so much shit. And I'm like, do you remember the years leading up to Romo? It was a wasteland. That's why people they're doing it to Dak now. And I'm yeah. like, y'all, y'all don't. Yeah, I, I don't think some of the people are. You remember old Brandon enough. Whedon? Yeah, I don't even think recently when Tony Banks. Tony Banks played Adam for Banks us. Is dead? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Tony Banks played for us. Um, Sam Castle. Anthony Wright. Anthony Wright. I mean, dude, there was just a suck list yeah. of quarterbacks in here. 
Clint Sterner. You remember that name, no, Clint I was say Sterner? You're now you got me. No, because I've been there. I've lived it, and you know I'll get to some. You know, and when we get talk about Cowboys, Chad Hutchinson, re- Chad Hutchinson, yeah, and we'll we'll talk about kind of some of my reasoning on my feelings toward the Cowboys when we do the recap and why I'm not freaking out. But there was a whole list of quarterbacks in between Romo mm-hmm. and, and and Aikman and Romo, and I just and with Dak, I don't want to go back there because you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, it's it's like a abyss when it comes to not having a quarterback. I mean, look at these some other teams that yeah. are in that situation now. They're just rotating guys in and out, and to get a fourth round pick that turned out to be, I would say above average. I mean, I know he's not elite, but he's Better than some of these. Better than like Sam Darnold, who was number three overall. I Josh think, Rosen, who was a first round pick. I think he's Baker Mayfield, number one overall. I think he's on the level of Deshaun Watson. I'd say a little under that, but he's probably eighth or ninth in the league. Yeah, which so, ain't bad for a fourth no, round pick. No. Uh, continue with your list before All we right, get mine was, um, Yeah, that'll come up later. Mine was a uh, Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson is a two time or is an All American, two time BCS champion at Alabama. A Doak Walker Award winner. He was considered the best running back prospect since Adrian Peterson. Drafted number three overall by Cleveland. There's a theme, I see. Yeah. He was actually traded in the second year. You remember that? He was traded to India. Mm-hmm. I think they recouped a first-round pick for yeah. that. Yeah. So that was actually a good move by Cleveland, surprisingly. But, uh, you know, he took a sharp decline when he went to Indy because he was decent enough to get a first-round pick for that uh, by Cleveland. So uh, two years in Cleveland, or one and a half because he's traded in the second year. Uh, two years in Indy, and then he was on the Oakland practice squad, and then the, and then another practice squad. Um, oh, Baltimore. So, practice squads with two teams, and then he was at the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders in 2017 and 18, and then the American. What was it? AAF American All American Football. I don't know something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. So yeah, that's where he ended up as the Birmingham Irons, where he actually was the rushing champion there. He had like 12 rushing uh, touchdowns. But uh, for his career, only 2,032 rushing yards. His average rush per carry was 3.3 and 17 touchdowns over his career. And, again, it was just such a high expectations. Uh, third overall pick, they compared him to eight. Well, they said he was as good as AP prospect-wise, but he was so undersized. I remember he was – he just looked so little. He was like a Doug Martin, like muscle hamster. But Doug Martin just had a work ethic that Trent Richardson didn't have. Well, I remember watching him in Alabama and – Oh, he was great. His thighs. I mean, you talk about his size. Like, the dude was built. Yeah, he was compacted. Like Maurice Jones, Drew, Doug Martin. Yeah, and he would just bounce off dudes and he'd get out of tackles that you you wouldn't think he'd be able to get out of. But then again, like, I, one thing I got to say is you never draft. I would never draft a running back three overall. I know Saquon went two and we got Zeke four, Four. but I think that's silly. Because, you know, um, KC just got your guy. At 32, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry went in the second round. Dalvin Cook went in the second round. Well, just the way the league's going, I mean, it's a passing league. Yeah. And so you can find backs to to carry the ball. Um, and you could have a running back and then a pass-catching back. You know, yeah. like we could have paired – we could have signed whoever you want off the streets that still had some legs on them and then paired them with Tony Pollard mm-hmm. as our as our patch. Which I like Zeke. Don't get me wrong. I just hate the thought of paying him fifteen, sixteen million a year. Yeah, but I mean, we'll, again, we'll get to this. Yeah, we're gonna catch <laughs> He looked great. He did uh, look great. He looked. He looked like rookie year. I don't know, like I don't know if it's a million dollars a year. Great. He, when it, we're in a tough salary cap, we're gonna have to pay a quarterback forty, and we're paying a wide receiver twenty. We're paying a busted ass linebacker fifteen. We're paying a DN twenty. 
I mean, where are we getting all this fucking money from? I don't know. The Rams. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. When I saw that they. They just you, re-upped Cup and. Uh, Jalen. Made him the highest paid uh, corner. And that was after they were like 400000 over the cap. But then no. they restructured them. And then and they. signed it. They just signed Robert Woods today, too. To a they big extension. Woods. Yes. How the fuck are they they've got, for these guys? They've got. They better draft their ass off because they're going to have rookie well, contracts. They, I don't think they have any picks. Because didn't they oh, give it all up you're right. for Jalen Ramsey? Holy shit. What are they doing? And I thought, They're going to win now. I thought it's either 38 or $62 million in dead money. Because they let, they probably pay in Todd Gurley still. Yeah. And then say what you will about uh, Jared Goff. He ain't worth that money. No. Mm-mm. He's not, in hindsight, he's not a number one overall pick. And he's more like a, I mean, I'd rather have a journeyman like Ryan Fitzpatrick on my team making $5 million than that guy who... He's not going to develop any more than I what he Joe is. I see Joe Flacco written all over that dude. Yeah, except he ain't going to win a Super Bowl. No. All right, so my second guy is Brian Bosworth, Boz. the Boz. Yep. Um, he won a national championship at Oklahoma in 1985. He was a two-time Butkus Award winner and a two-time All-American at Oklahoma. He was selected first overall in the 90, 1987 supple- supplemental draft, which you know is kind of crazy. There was a lot of stuff going on around the draft. He sent out uh, letters to 12 teams basically saying, hey, I'm not going to play for you. And he ended up sending one to Seattle, who ended up eventually uh, signing him. Um, But it just didn't go well for him. He played three seasons. um, But he did end up signing both the largest rookie contract and largest team contract in NFL history at that time, being, you know, even going in the supplemental draft. Um, but he was known for his wild hairstyles and his big personalities. Um, and all that was just, was good enough for four sacks and three fumble recoveries in 24 career games. Great college player though. Dude, he was one of the best. Yeah. I mean, Um, honestly, if you're making like an all college football team, he's probably your starting linebacker. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I didn't know about him is he was from Irving. He went to, he went to Irving MacArthur high school, which I didn't know. I had no idea. So he's, you You've know, You've seen right the here. 30 for 30, though, right? That's a really yeah. good documentary. Yeah. He's, like, reflecting on it. And, you know, he knows he was a douchebag, but he kind of cashed in on that personality, too, because he, he made, like, B-rate movies. He and did. And so he's I mean, still acting. I mean, good for him, you know? At least he, you can make money off of it. He's still acting to this Better day. Better you make money off your likeness than someone else. And how co- that would be a badass Halloween costume, too, to the do boss, the boss. Because I got my hair grown out now, and I could easily cut it. Mm-hmm. Get those big, like, Terminator shades that are, like, what you get when you get out of, like, the eye doctor when they dilate your eyes or like old people wear just wear those with like streaks down the side and he had like i I don't have muscles i got rolls but i can at least kind of flex a little bit you know and he had he had he always had like some kind of like zigzag design and lines in his hair and so fresh so fucking cool and he was he wore 55 for the for the seahawks when they had that the which i think are their best colors it was like the silver the blue and the green like that old school logo that they had. Yeah, I like their old school logo, logo with it's like coming along with the parallel. bird. Yeah. yeah, like that. I think I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, man, the boss, he was just cool. Like he was just he was a monster on the field. He was cool off the field. Um, he was just, but he just just what was it? Just couldn't hack it I at the next I, level. And I think he got hurt. I, think I remember. There, I think there was an injury that that took it all away. Um, I remember in that one video, too, they, they showed, uh, I think it was Bo Jackson, when they had a goal line stand, and they're like, it just kind of all went downhill from there, because he, he, he had this hype about him, like he was unstoppable, unbeatable, and then he went toe-to-toe with Bo Jackson, and 
Bo Jackson. He stood him up, but then Bo Jackson just churned right through. And I him. think that it was that hit that kind of started everything. Yeah, I think that I was think the I read downhill. A quote, like one of the doctors said, he had the shoulders of like a sixty-five-year-old, and he was like so, twenty-four. Yeah, he went so fucking hard all and the he time. Was, yeah, twenty-four or something at the time, and he had the shoulders of like a sixty-five-year-old. Wow. Um, but I would I would recommend that. Um, Thirty for thirty. Wasn't it called just the boss? Just the boss. Yeah. Well, not just the boss. It was but called the, the boss. Yeah, <laughs> I highly, highly recommended that. So who's there your you third? Go. Next up, Dion Jordan. My guys are, I guess, more uh, recent. Do you remember Dion Jordan? He was a first team All American, two time All Pac twelve drafted, number three in two thousand thirteen. Uh, he had great measurables, but I think he was more of a project. It was like when they took him on, they just he was like 6'6", 250-something. You know, he's quick off the ball, quick off the snap, but he played in that Chip Kelly where everything was just fast, fast, up-tempo. And I think he was just more of a product of the environment because those were good Oregon teams back in the day. Yeah. You know, So he put up good numbers. But um, where was I? So he got drafted number three. He just wasn't worth that. He wasn't worth that number three overall pick. Never lived up to it. He was in Miami who drafted him. Stayed there for three years. He went to Seattle for a couple years, and he's current. And then he was on the Oakland practice squad, Niners practice squad, and then I just saw. I think he's currently on the Vegas Raiders practice squad. Oh, so he's still bouncing around. Yeah, and just practice squad too, which you know, good for him. He's still like a one percent of guys who played football to at least make it to that level. Right. But number three overall has been on three. His three former teams have all been practice squads, and um, but yeah, so ninety only ninety one career tackles. Ten and a half career sacks, and only forced two fumbles, and uh, that's going on like eight years now. That's like a season for a, a good. Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> a, that's, a, that's actually that's like a TJ Watt season right yeah. there. Who you know we should have taken over Taco, but that's that's an honorable mention for me. Is that piece of shit taking Taco over TJ because Taco put his hand in the dirt and had long arms? It's the only explanation we got. Thanks, Rod Marinelli. Appreciate it. Yeah, and then he just bolted out of here. It's like well, take that fucking guy with you at least. So my third pick. Uh, was also selected third overall, and I'm talking about Akili Smith. Uh, he was selected third overall by the Cincinnati Bengals in the 99 draft. He was selected behind Tim Couch and McNabb, Donovan McNabb. And we could have talked about Tim Couch. Yeah. Because we we're really talking about done, a bust. We could have done a Brown bust segment. Yeah, we, we, we know, really could have. Richardson, Johnny Manziel, Tim Couch, Baker Mayfield. He played good last night. Like in his third year, he better have a good game. And he played the Bengals. Um, but yeah, so Akili Smith, I remember getting this dude's rookie cards. He was, was he, sorry, real quick, was he Houston or Florida State? He was Oregon. Oregon. Who he was kind of the first of Oregon quarterback to get hype. And then Joey Harrington. They, I was going to talk about him kind of, you know. He was decent, though. I don't think he was that much of a bust. Harrington. He was a bust. He was pretty bad. He wasn't Mount Rushmore. No, he wasn't. Right. I, mean, I was going to talk about him at the end. Um, but Achilles Smith, he was kind of the first Oregon quarterbacks to gain nor, no, notoriety. Um, he scored a 16 out of 50 on the Wonderlick officially. And then his agent hired him a tutor. And unofficially, he scored like a 38 out of 50. Um, but he just he just didn't have the skills. He And he really – only got one good year in college, and he kind of was a late comer to that draft class because he had an excellent senior season. Um, he threw for like 3,700 yards and like 41 TDs in 11 games. Damn. But in the NFL, he only passed for 2,200 total yards, five TDs, and 13 interceptions in 22 career games. 
Yeah, so he was in and out. He was just very quickly in and out. I yeah. think he was on like uh, Green Bay practice squad for a minute, and then he went to NFL Europe and played for Frankfurt, and then maybe a year in the CFL, and then he was he's done. Um, but yeah, I just remember that guy. Uh, he wore number eleven. You said he had his rookie card. You still got it? No, I don't have any of my cards. Oh, you told me about yeah. it in the move or something. We lost them in a move. God, that sucks. I, I actually have, have a sweet collection. I'm still mine. going. Yeah, and I would love to compare with you too. I still get cards. I just got a Miro Haskin and rookie card in. It was a graded uh ten. Hang on, just to got that. A Yeah, because I was like, you know, because I think we might talk about it later. He's the um, odds-on favorite to win the Con Smythe for us. If we were to win, he's the odds-on favorite for his stars to win. He's like four to one odds. Rightfully so. so. Yeah, he leads our team in points right now in the playoffs. And I was like, if we were to win. I'm going to get that jersey. Well, I think I'm going to get it anyways. It's just such an investment, dude. A hockey jersey is so much. But They're it's like 200 so bucks, cool. aren't they? Like over? On a good deal. I've seen them go for three. Yeah, unless Jeez. you can get a discount. Like the pro shop's having a sale. But anywhere from two to 300 bucks for a really legit one. Yeah, you know? like a legit. Like a one you would, which I would wear with pride. And that's why I was like, okay, I want to get Ben, but he's getting older. So I want to get like Klingberg or Haskinen, someone who's going to be with us for maybe 10 years. So anyways, uh, my turn. Uh, my last one is Jamarcus Russell, of course. So, I mean, he was 21-4 and four at LSU. He won the MVP of the Sugar Bowl, which was the national championship. He was 2006 uh, first-team All-SEC. He was the Manning Award winner. So, naturally, the Oakland Raiders selected him number one overall, and he held out until he got a then-record $61 million contract with 32 and a half guaranteed. And you don't see those rookie contracts anymore, and it's because of him and because of Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford, Bradford was the last was injury one. Wise. Yeah, so, but Jamarcus, it's like he came into the league without throwing a single pass, and he just got $32.5 million guaranteed and another, you know, 30, almost 30 coming up. So it was ridiculous. So then, then he actually starts playing football, and he fucking sucked. 52.1% completion percentage, threw for 4,083 yards, 18 touchdowns to 23 interceptions. He also lost – or he, he fumbled 25 times and actually lost 15 of them. So that's like a 38 to 18 turnover to touchdown ratio. Uh, and uh, you probably remember – he oh, and he went 7-18 and 18 as a starter. But you probably heard the story about him getting a, like a, a disc from his offensive coordinator – and saying, like, hey, we got some new plays we want you to look through. Just go home and check out this new offense we're going to start running. Coaches knew it was a blank. They were setting him up to see if he was committed to it. Came back in the next week, and they were like, so what would you think about it? He goes, perfect. I love it. Let's run all those plays. And they are like, that was a blank disc. Like, we know you just – you just you don't give a shit, you know? You're not even focusing on the game. You're not putting any commitment in. I mean, he just thought he would just get to the NFL and win on talent. I mean, God bless him. He got $32.5 at least. I wonder how much of that he has left. $32.50. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I think I remember hearing, like, he was on, he was drinking a bunch of lean. Yeah, and he yeah got I remember that super story. super fat. Like, he was, he was a big dude to begin with, but then there toward the end, he was like. He was like a, what's his name? The Eddie hefty Lacey. lefty. No, I'm thinking the quarterback from Kentucky. Oh, Lorenzo. Uh, Jared Lorenzo. Lorenzo. Rest in peace. Yeah, he died. I shouldn't have made Rest that in peace. Hefty lefty. May he throw that pass to RGB tonight. <laughs> oh, also rest in peace. Yeah. Um, so my last one is Tony Mandarich. Um, he was referred to as the best offensive line prospect ever. He was drafted second overall by the Green Bay Packers in the 1989 draft. He was a consensus All-American and a two-time Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year at Michigan State. He only ended up playing in 86 games and starting 63 of them. Um, 
But he's another one of those guys. I think he was like six seven, like three hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, and like back in eighty nine, linemen weren't that big. I mean, a like a tight end nowadays was like an offensive lineman back then. Yeah. I mean they were there was a lot of six two, six three guys. But six, they were four probably guys. more two sixty five. You know, not quite two, not 300. Yeah, but he was just a mountain of a man. He really um, was. That's a good way to put it, a mountain of a man. He was a mountain of a man. And then, you know, now that um, now that his playing career is over, you know, he's admitted to steroid use at Michigan State. Um, he kind of dodged the question about using steroids in the NFL. Um, but he played in Green Bay from like 89 to 94, and then he took a two-year break. And he actually played two years for the Colts in 97 and 98. And he actually did quite well um, in that 98 season, but then injuries forced him out. But, uh, he's he again, he's another one of these guys that had addiction problems um, after the fact. Um, but he's he's doing well now. He's moved to Arizona. He uh, he's opened a uh, photography studio. He got That's into cool. he got into landscape photography as like a hobby, and now he's running a studio over in Arizona. Right on. Um, but just one of probably the all time biggest busts because when that guy was coming out, they were like, "These can't miss." Yeah, I, mean, I think he was just all time hype too because, like you said, he was considered the greatest offensive prospect of all ever. time. Yeah, and and there's and there's some guys that we that we could have talked about, you know, obviously Johnny Manziel, he's 22nd overall in 14, and we all know how that played out. Taco fucking Charlton. Um, Taco Charlton. Aaron Curry was fourth overall in 2009. Um, we took Bobby Carpenter, like, 16th overall. Yeah. Um, let's see. Vernon Golston was one I remember that was a big bust for the Jets. He was sixth overall. Um, Matt Leiner was 10th overall in 06, and when you consider what he, he did He just wanted to live that college life. He never wanted to leave college. Why would you? Yeah, he was I mean, a god at USC. Yeah. He had was he the one that had like a hot tub in his room? That was Josh Rosen. Oh. Uh Vince Young, we didn't talk yeah, about. Yeah, I was I I thought Vince Young, but he actually won offensive rookie of the year and then made a playoff appearance. Yeah. He just had like mentally cuz they said he wouldn't he'd never been like booed or you know like looked down on his life in college or I mean in a football aspect and then he actually like when he hit adversity in the pros cuz remember he like disappeared for a minute. And they couldn't find him, and they thought he was, like, suicidal and was going to, like, kill himself. And I think his mom had to find him and bring him back. Well, that's how a lot of these guys are. A lot of these guys are always told. Yeah, because they're the best. You're the best. You can't do any wrong. Are. And then you get Yeah, and then you get to the pros, and it's, like, Eventually, harsh reality. you get to a level that everybody is just as good. Yeah, it's not just playing anymore. you got to actually, like, study. Like like we said about Jamarcus Russell, you got to study. you got to prep. You got to work out. You got to practice harder than anybody. Before it was just all natural, you know. And when you grow up playing sports, some of those some of those levels come sooner than others. For me, it was probably like high school, you know, where finally it caught up to me, and I'm like, okay, I can't get by, you know, just being more athletic. You know, I got to be smart. Yep. Uh, But uh, you know, a big one that I did, I was going more of like an old school one. uh, Charles Rogers. Um, he was drafted second overall in 03. I think he only scored like four touchdowns uh, for Detroit. Um, and didn't he just pass away? I'm not sure. I want to say he just passed away. Joey, you know, we mentioned Joey Harrington, uh, David Carr. But, I, you know. Shit, I'll still remember that first game against Houston when they beat us. Mm-hmm. That was heartbreaking, dude. Expansion team beat us. Kajana Carter was first overall in 95. That's who I was thinking. He's from either Houston or Florida State then. Uh, he, Redemption. He I tore his ACL in the first ever preseason game. Oh, and then after that, bad fucking after that, uh, 
He only scored 20 touchdowns over seven seven seasons in the NFL. Andre Ware was seventh in 1990. He was a Heisman Trophy winner out of Houston. That's who. Okay, and the other guy must have been Florida State. I'm not crazy. Yeah, he uh, in three seasons in Detroit, he threw five touchdowns. In, in three compar- seasons? And in comparison, he tossed 44 as a junior at Houston Damn. in one year. Uh, but there's, you know – yeah, there's several guys that we could go, but those are just a yeah. few that didn't make the list. But I mean, that list, it, and it's know, always grown. We could look back in five years and pick guys out that are currently playing right now that are, oh for like sure, like Leonard Fournette. You know, is on pace to be a bust. I mean, I guess he's been. I guess I shouldn't have said that. He's had good years, but he's just had, that hype because I remember him coming out of high school and people being like, "This is the next big thing." He's going to LSU, and then wasn't well, he fourth overall? And then he doesn't even get his rookie contract renewed. And it's not a talent thing. It's a Jamarcus Russell thing. It's a give a shit thing. Yeah. Like he just, I don't. I think he's a dude who just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, like, which sucks because obviously he has the talent and the body for it. I mean, the guy's just—he's built to play running back. It's just like you said, he doesn't want to play running back. For my sake, I hope he stays that way because I've got Ronald got Jones. Him? Oh no, okay. I just hope he stays not giving a shit. Ronald Jones keeps out touching him. All right, I think you're gonna be okay. Baker's gonna be on that list. I feel. So on that note, uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the NFL for a little bit because the NFL is back, the NFL is back, the NFL is back. Week one is in the books. <laughs> um, it's my favorite time of the year. It's like Christmas for me. Um, so watching this, the last week's games, was it weird without the crowd? Like, do you, was that weird for you? I mean, not really because they don't even show that that panoramic view of the of the field or you whatever you know it's like it's just focused on the field you're not looking in the stands so i knew they're not going to be there so i think if i were to see it it'd be honestly i'll say this it it was more weird to see the small number of people at the kansas city game than to see no people at other games just to see like those people scattered whereas if like the saints or wherever they were playing i think they just put like covering over the seats and they just had the logos to me that felt more normal than just seeing like hundreds of people scattered it's it's weird for me because I mean you don't see the crowd obviously yeah but the the crowd noise that they pipe in is it's not it's not right like it's not it's different it's not the same so it, to me the whole atmosphere is weird especially like in a big stadium like SoFi mm-hmm. like where the that Cowboys played man. That it was, was a beautiful awesome stadium, stadium but it just it felt kind of hollow and empty it wasn't the same vibe um, the crowd noise like I said it's you can tell it's artificial like mm-hmm. it's not the same. Um, and did, did you see any sloppy play? Cause you know, I think we see with a few games across the league and especially the Cowboys, um, the importance of preseason, like for the starters, it's not a big deal, but for spots 48 through 53, like it's a big deal for those guys. But even so, you know, especially for the Cowboys with McCarthy and a whole new staff, like just the routine of a game day, you know, calling plays, being on the sideline, the rhythm of the game. I think that yeah. preseason is important. Yeah, um, it, it, I, I get. I mean, I, I understand you don't need four of them, but two to three, obviously, would be nice just to get that rhythm and that feel with the team, especially with the new coach. And I mean, we have almost all new coaching staff. And I did see some sloppy play. You know, not sloppy, but you could tell the second halves of games were a lot better executed, yeah, they, and yeah. they looked a lot better than the first half. Um, because, you know, that was the first time going against somebody other than your teammates for everybody across the league. So, 
I think I think week two. Um, I think week two will be much better. It'll be more more crisp, more sharp. Yeah, now you got now you got footage too to look at. Yeah, you know, now like you've we, got we can take. watch what the Falcons did and the Falcons. You know, and and you know, teams can watch themselves mm-hmm. in live action and see what they did. Yeah, you can have coaches do. breaking down the film. Yeah, yeah. So that's. I think you're right. I think that was more like a preseason game for a lot of us. Uh, and so this season kicking off, it means. Tom Brady with another team for the first time in 20 years, which I've had to, I got to admit, it was weird seeing him run out there in a white number 12 Tampa yeah. Bay jersey. It was just weird. Yeah, I'm used to seeing him in that blue and blue and silver and red. It was just, it was an odd sight to see. But that first drive, I thought, okay, here we go. Tom Brady's going to do it again. You know, they ended up losing Tom Brady through two pretty bad interceptions. Through a pick six. Through a pick I had, six. I had uh, New Orleans defense in that game. I think they had two interceptions, a pick six, and then a fumble, but that was on like a, a kickoff that but they forced. what's cool about Bruce Arians is he did not hold back. He oh, said he criticized He him. criticized Brady. Which is good because Brady, you know, if you play like shit or – I'm not saying he played like shit the whole game, but there was parts where he screwed up. You got. It doesn't matter if you're a 20 year veteran with six Super Bowls. Like you're, it's your coach's job to critique you and tell you that. And I think. So uh, I'm glad he did. And I think Tom probably took it. I don't think there's any bad blood, or I don't think he doesn't like being criticized because he came out and said, "I, you can't turn the ball over. I can't turn the yeah. ball over like that." Um, but the opening game, case Kansas City versus Houston, uh, a week you know a week ago Thursday. I, is there anything stopping Kansas City from just steamrolling the league? Just injuries is the only thing that can really injuries, and in, I, I think Baltimore is their only competition out of the AFC. So, if they can stay healthy and avoid Baltimore till the AFC Championship, there's nothing's going to stop them to at least getting to that point. And look, it's going to be who's the hot team with the healthy team at that point. Because it's a two. You know, you look at the NFC, and there's there's six teams that can realistically represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I don't see anyone other than Baltimore or Kansas City coming out of the AFC. Yeah, I mean, and they're and if they do come out, they're probably the favorites to win the Super Bowl. You know, I think they're the top two teams right now in the league. I agree. Um it it doesn't look like the contract is gonna affect Mahomes. He was as good as they yeah. as ever. Yeah, he's 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 a stud. Yeah. And uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he looks good. That looks like a good pick. Good He's pick gonna, too to get him in the first round because you ain't got that fifth year option. Yeah. I think that's always good to <clears throat> to get a guy at the tail end of that just for that reason because they probably could have waited and traded up, but they wanted that fifth year option, which is smart. Yeah, and he's going to fit seamlessly in that offense. And they could rotate in receivers. You know, like they don't have to get, they don't need that uh twenty million dollar receiver like we have. They can just go who's fast and can uh, who could outrun a guy and look over his shoulder and catch ball because Patrick's going to throw it sixty yards downfield. You just got to beat your guy off the line and. You know, get and they've separation. got two guys that are yeah. They got burners. They've got Mikael Hardman and and uh, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, and that's perfect. For and the then offense. they probably got arguably the best tight end, if not second best tight end in the league. And then yep. they just paired it with the stud running back. So I'm saying all they got to do is stay healthy, and they're they're coasting to the AFC Championship. The defense game. has got to show up every week, but I, I just don't see anybody stopping them. Um, which brings us to the their opponent in last year's Super Bowl, San Francisco, dropping a game to Arizona. To yeah, I wish I could have watched that. I guess it was blacked out. Or, you know, I only have – I don't have the NFL Network or anything like all y'all do. So, because I have Hopkins and Murray in my fantasy league. And they – Murray – or Hopkins, sorry, got stopped on a one-yard line from a catch for a touchdown. But he still had – I think it was like 14 catches. He had a career day. With 151, you know, and he almost had a touchdown. So, I mean, that was a great game. And 
Murray's man. I think he's he's the real deal. He's my he's man crush. He's so fucking fast. Him and Cliff. Ooh, you want that little threesome in Arizona? Wouldn't mind it. <laughs> Wouldn't mind it. Give me a bottle of Chateau and let's <laughs> Dude, go. Let's hit it. <laughs> no, I just think. Hey, as long as if it's at Cliff's house, I'm there too, man. That's that, a beautiful yeah, house during the draft. That was nice. I just think it's the perfect situation. And he talked about how he's like, if I had the number one pick, I would, I, I would, would pick draft Colin him. Murray. And they're yeah. like, what are you gonna do with Rosen? He's, you know, I'll gets, fucking trade him. I'll figure it out. And he, he was right. He got that job and he drafted him number one overall. And now look at him. They're like a dark horse favorite to win that. Well, I don't think they'll win that division because Seattle, but wild card, extra wild card position this year. They, I think they might get it. I don't. I don't, I don't think the Rams are going to stay as hot as they are. I think it's going to be that that whole division though is going to be a dog fight. Yeah. Um, if San, if you're talking about San Francisco, maybe being the third or fourth best team in that division, and they were in the Super Bowl last year, that's a good division. But they're going to be without Kittle this week. Um, Kittle just got ruled out uh, this week, but. Uh, no, Kyler, man, he's and you kind of see between him, Mahomes, Jackson, and uh, Deshaun Watson, kind of the evolution of the quarterback in the NFL. Like yeah. we're getting away from a Matt Ryan, who you know we're going to talk in the about and step a statue. Into it. Yeah, it's just Ben Roethlisberger. Which he he was elusive, but he you know, like you know, he's not going to outrun anybody. Not today. You want a guy that's going to sprint and also throw it fifty yards downfield in the next play. So it was it was a good game. Arizona, they're kind of my dark horse pick this year. I think I just I don't know if it's my main crush on Kyler or what, but they got they got weapons, man. They got weapons all over the field. And didn't they get Isaiah Simmons? They in got the draft? Isaiah Simmons like in the, the draft. Swiss Army knife of defense. Just talk about your prototypical like twenty first century defensive player. He can play linebacker. He can play safety. He's he, fast enough to play safety, and he's strong enough to hit you as a linebacker. And he could probably come off the edge and rush the pass. Yeah, and he's two. an edge rusher. Yeah, because yeah. he's so big and strong. He's like, yeah, he's, yeah, like he's six, a hybrid. Six. He's a fucking hybrid. You can put him. He can put him wherever you want, and just let him create havoc. Um, but let's That's talk about that cornerstone piece. Let's talk about that Cowboys game for for a minute. Um, what'd you think? I never felt like confident that we were going to win. I just because. From the very instant when they ran that, when LA ran that first play with the motion, I think it was like a sweep screen to the side with Woods, and they get out there and he has like five, you know, four or five blockers ahead of him, and I'm like, that's that's how it's gonna be because Sean McVay is actually smart. He confuses the defense, he puts people in motion, pre-staffs motions, he can let Goff read the defense, and he's just going, all right, now we're just gonna get the ball out in two seconds. I'm gonna swing it over here, and you're gonna have three blockers. And it's like we. We can't prepare for that, or we can't scheme around that. We we knew that shit was coming. That's what McVay does. That's why you have to match him when it comes to that mentally. You have to prepare for everything against those guys. And then we were just doing the same shit, man. It felt like a Garrett game to me. I think, and I, I'm, I'm a homer, but I think the lack of preseason, the lack of time together, I think they went in, I want to believe they went in intentionally conservative. That's a I, terrible thing to do though because they knew that the offensive line wasn't there you not know. gonna be there this week either well, no tyron, tyron smith might be out yeah we might be out both tackles you know and some of some of his first down play selections confused me um who mccarthy yeah running the ball on third and six like yeah stats show that you have better options or better chances of making that play when your options are open on a pass. It's just a low percentage. Yeah. And then the fourth and three, I love the aggressiveness to go for it on the 11, the fourth and three call um, where we got stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, looking back on it, you know, it's easy to say, yeah, you should have kicked the field goal and took the points. But um, the defense, man, 
the defense deep. lit breaks your heart every fucking year, man. It seems like every every if they get <clears throat> if we're at third if we're on defense and it's third down, I'm sweating bullets. It doesn't matter if it's third and fifteen or third and three. Like our that's just the story of the Cowboys since like the turn of the century is our defense efficiency on third down is shit. We have terrible safeties. I think our corners aren't bad. We're gonna get Jordan Lewis back this year, so I love Diggs. Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, I know we re-signed him, and it's on a decent contract. It wasn't like break-the-bank contract. And then, uh, you know, Chidobe Awuzier, you know, he's a decent player. He's probably going to be gone after this year because he's going to be a free agent. But safeties I'm not too worried about. It's the – or I'm sorry, corners I'm not too worried about. Safeties terrify me. And then LVE got hurt again, which I love the guy, but he's – we drafted Sean Lee 2.0. Yeah. It's a, it's a great – talented Sean Lee's more like cerebral he's got he's obviously physically great he's gifted physically but he's like the perfect brain when it comes to a linebacker you know he can read that play whereas Leighton Vanderish, he's obviously smart as well but he's just like sideline to sideline speed he's a freak you know, athlete he's a freak athlete yeah that's just he's like the biggest strongest guy on the field but for some reason and I understand it dude if, if that was me and my necks you know you don't fuck with a neck injury like that so it's like well, luckily it was a collarbone. It's a collarbone. It's dangerous and close to your neck. Yeah, and, and when bones. they showed that shot and they were like working his neck yeah. back and forth, I was like, "Here yep. we go." That's what I was thinking. Like, I was like, "He's gonna." Like, it's a collarbone. I was like, "Okay, that's good." But and then Jalen, well, I, I guess I mentioned earlier that was a terrible contract to give him. He's a good person with a good story, but he's not a good linebacker. He just doesn't have it between the years. I can't tell you how many times he was just late. And not even just like clueless. I mean, unless he's running downhill at the quarterback, he is. He doesn't have a shot. And he's taking weird angles. Like, I guess in his mind, he still thinks he's Notre Dame Jalen, where he can like take Superman. these weird yeah. routes around blocks and still catch a guy. And it's it's just not. he. Yeah, but you're not playing Northwestern this week, you know? Yeah, he, he just doesn't have it. He doesn't have that sideline to sideline. Um, unless he's, like I said, unless he's head down north and south to the quarterback, he's just useless. And, and that's, they should make him more of a pass. I thought that's what they were going to do this year was make him a more pass rusher because he's not the kind of guy he can't sit back in that box and wait for a play develop and then make an open field tackle because he'll get lost and then it's up to our safeties, and our safeties suck. And that's why they're like, he's, oh, he'll get 12 tackles a game. Yeah, after an eight-yard gain, he'll he'll tackle the guy. He's not making any tackles for losses. He's not making disruptive plays. He's not causing turnovers. He's making a tackle when it's when the player already got the first down, and then he'll gang tackle him with two other people, and he'll get credit for a tackle. So I think going into the you know just early on right now, going into the draft next year, it's got to be linebacker and linebacker safety. and safety. Yeah, first two picks because our offense is great. Unless something happens, I know we're gonna have to retool the offensive line, but we got Biotish. Who can fill in? Connor McGovern was an early pick last year. So we got guys to plug in on the line there, but our defense is a joke, man. Can't We can't give up like 60 to 70% third down conversion rate and get one to zero turnovers a game and think we're going to win. The bright spot was Alden Smith. Oh, And I, yeah. I mean, I'm just a, that I'm astonished at the dude taking five years off and he was the best player. He on was the our field. best defensive player without a doubt. I couldn't even tell you who's the second closest. Uh, besides him, because he was – might have been Everson Griffin. He looked good, too. Diggs looked good. 
Yeah, uh, I know he had a couple balls caught on him, but but he, he was going. But he would he would at least turn, locate the ball, and put his hands up. He, That's he what was we in weren't great positions. He was in great position. Yeah. all night. And he and it's gonna he's that close to making interceptions. He he's just gonna had, get some. Yeah, he just had just some bad luck. I mean, and, and as far LA's as, got great receivers. And, I mean, Woods, Cup. Um, they traded Cooks, but it seemed like they had someone else. Higby, I guess he wasn't on him that much, but they, that's a talented offense. And there was a couple throws that Goff made that were just right there. But Diggs, I, I don't, he didn't look out of place. He never got beat. No, Diggs is going to be, he's a baller for us for years to come. But our say, Darian Thompson has got to go. We got to yeah. do something. I'm not saying it's Earl he's Thomas. He's a practice squad player, man. I'm not at s- best. I'm not saying it's Earl Thomas, but we got to do something. Um, linebacker too. Um, I know Clay Matthews is out there, but Clay Matthews is a little bit more of a pass rusher type. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's probably still got some tread left, but we we got to do something. You know, Blake Jarwin went out, and we lost him for the year. Uh, I, I like the thought of Delaney Walker. I don't though. know if you want to bring Delaney Walker, but I wouldn't mind. I, I, I don't want Dalton Schultz. I saw some of those attempted catches, and those are just embarrassing. Jason Witten is better than Dalton Schultz right now. Oh, without a doubt. I wonder what it would take to get that guy back. I don't think he's coming back. I think no, I feel that like was he a would, joke, but yeah. Well, just because skill level, he's better than Schultz right now. But I think they want to say like, this is Dak's team, or this is Jalen's team, or Tank's team. You know, bringing Witten in, even though he's a legend, his name's going to hang up there. You know, on our stadium, Ring of Honor, and in the Hall of Fame, it's like you know he's like the old guard. We're trying to move in this new generation, and I wonder what it would take now that. Uh, Gronk is in Tampa Bay. I wish O.J. Howard wouldn't have played so well. O.J. Howard or they had uh, Cameron, Cameron Bray look good. It's like yeah. They have three tight ends that are better than all of ours combined. I wonder what it would take to get one of those guys out of there. I'd say a fourth rounder for Howard, who's a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Because he really hasn't lived up to his potential. I remember his last game at Alabama, that championship game. He went off for like 150 yards, two touchdowns, yeah. you know, and just skyrocketed his draft potential. And then you look at him, he has everything he would want, size, speed, catch. But you're right, like, that was probably one of his best games of his career. Because there's nothing in tight end. Dalton Schultz, Blake Bell. I mean, it's – The Bell dozer. It's it's not good. We had one more. I just can't remember. Yeah, we had I, four up until Jarwin I got I can't hurt. remember either. There but, you go. And I was, ex- I was excited for Jarwin. Oh, I did too. He's explosive, man. He He's he's that new generation of tight end where maybe not – maybe I'm not going to, you know, pancake this defensive end. But if I get in the open field, he's going to make a – he could have – pre-injury you know he can make people miss and he can outrun a lot of people he reminded me of like i know they're not the same level but you know kelsey and kittle with mm-hmm. that ability to catch and then had that speed that because witten can catch but he ain't running he ain't running yeah i'll run anybody jarwin can act, make some uh linebackers miss and he can't outrun some corners but he can run through them. but where you miss witten is is on that fourth and three we went yeah, we went for it and goal line um the reason why lamb was short of the sticks is because they were saying that on the film Schultz didn't take his man deep enough to allow Lamb to get in there at the stick. Where Jason Witten is going to know he's got to take his man so far yeah, to free he knows, up the space yeah, for he Lamb knows to come not underneath. Going to me. He knows what the play entails, and my my job is to free up that space for Lamb to catch it. And Dalton, Dalton Schultz he got hit immediately. They yeah, read that so because Dalton Schultz didn't take his man deep enough. And it's stuff like that where you miss a veteran. So maybe a Delaney Walker could come in here. I think he's thirty one, no, two, I thought three. He, he was like thirty seven. He may be. He may be thirty six. I don't know. Yeah, I, thir- I thought I heard thirty six, thirty seven. Because I was like, damn, I didn't realize he's that old. But I guess well, he had a, on a one year deal. I don't mind. 
I don't mind. Um, I but would love to just call up Tampa Bay and say, "What do you want for OJ Howard?" I'm really interested. I don't know what it'd take. You know, I fourth fourth well, round sounds think. good to me. He, he's probably in his what third, if not fourth year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we'd have to pick up an option, but which would pay him probably pretty nice as a first round option. But even Cameron Bray, I would totally take either one of those two. Yeah, they don't need three tight ends. They can give one to us. Plus, we're gonna have all those compensatory picks. Yeah. Give them a give them a three or give them a four that can turn into a three or yeah. whatever. You know, it'll be worth it just because because OJ Howard's a deep threat on the at the tight end position. So, yep. you know, and I, I think Dak looked good. Um, you know, he he did he did miss a couple throws. I'm gonna, I'm gonna chalk that up to to rust and yeah, you know no preseason. But these people, these Dak haters that want to come out and put that loss on Dak. I'm sorry, like, going back to our last conversation, like, you don't know, you don't, or you forgot about the shit that was run through here all those years in between Aikman and Romo. Uh, I, it, that game just wasn't on him. Um, the defense, like you, you talked about the third down conversions. We On offense, we sucked on third downs. On defense, we sucked on third downs. Yep. Um, uh, Greg the leg missed a 53-yarder badly. Um it just it 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 wasn't good. Um, I I think they kind of overlooked the Rams. I thought they may, they might have gone in thinking this was gonna be a little easier game than what it was, yeah. which was you know because they were a seven and nine team last year, but they don't have seven and nine talent. And plus, we kicked the shit out of them last year late in the yeah. year. That was like our one game where we looked good through that yeah. stretch of misery in that second half. So they're probably thinking we got their numbers. Let's go and you know go into their new house and beat them like the Giants beat us in our new house. Got a little cocky, started. But the, but the goods for me were Zeke. Zeke looked great. Zeke looked except I, for that tattoo. That was fucking stupid. Dude, that's gonna look so awesome when he's like forty and fat and it's all stretched out. He's gonna be fat two years <laughs> a year after he retires. He, he looked good. He looked good. He looked thinner, and I will, I will argue that that. That play he scored on, this I think it was a screen where he had like five guys in front of him. I don't think there's another running back in the NFL that w- that could make that play, because not only did he have the juke, he had the stop, the juke, but he also had the power Saquon. to. Saquon, uh, dude, uh, maybe Saquon. I'm just saying that was a elite. It was play. A special, yeah. That was a special elite play. So the goods for me were Zeke. And Alden Smith. Alden, so. And then C.D. Lamb did look good. Who I drafted in one of our leagues, and I think I think he's going to have some big games. Um, I think our receiver core, for the most part, looked good when they were able to get the ball, you know, in their hands. We didn't make any big plays, but, you know, we we, we weren't able to protect Dak as well as, you know, Rams protected Cup, or I'm sorry, um, Golf, and they they had a plan. They wanted to get the ball out quick. Yeah, which that's what we need to be doing on some of these teams, especially when you got Aaron Donald against a undrafted right tackle. You know, so I feel like they game plan better than we did, which sucks because I thought McCarthy was all about analytics and studying every team for the past year, and he sold the Jones. I think he sold him a crock of shit when he said how he did all this research and he had a barn built. So just so he could study analytics and study game film from every team. Yeah, last because year. if you did, you'd know that running the ball on third and six doesn't give you the best odds. And that pre-snap motion, you know, opens up everything for your quarterback and shows them what the defense. Well, it is was pretty do. telling because um, Aaron Rodgers uh, was on an interview with um, Pat McAfee on his show, yeah. 
and he said that he's embracing this offense because they're they're having a bunch of pre-snap motion and he made the comment at the end he said Mike didn't like a lot of motion and when I heard that I'm like oh yeah. no and I'm like did did we get sold did we, we get did. took the Joneses got sold. That's what it was. He just had to impress two people. I wonder, Stephen and Jerry. I wonder how long it is before he takes that playbook out of Kellen's hands. It before he just can't take it anymore. Yeah, because Kellen, that was It'd his. A, it's a short leash. That was his sell to the Joneses, or that's what I may, maybe their hope was in him is that he is kind of that change and that you know that hope for new and fresh and what you know. Versus Jason Jason Garrett, but it seemed like that last year in the first three games that seemed like like Kellen Moore games because they were vastly different than what we had seen the last like eight years with Garrett. So I I was hopeful for change, and then you know obviously big old shit happened well, last year. And I I don't want to spend too much time on it, but that play at the end with Jalen Ramsey and the offensive pass interference, um, I, you know I just don't think you make that call uh, at that time because um, it was a bunch of hand slapping. It was a bunch of hand fighting down the field, and then, in my opinion, Jalen Ramsey sold it. Oh, it was, it's not just your opinion. It's the opinion of most people that agree uh, that he might have extended that arm, but, you know, I don't think he, like, shoved off. I think Jalen then just flailed around like a fish out of water and sold it because he knew he got beat. Yeah, He, he got, knew he got beat a day after he just signed a $105 million contract on a play that would have essentially at least tied the game at worst, if not won the game for us. So what are you going to do? It's a, I mean, it's a smart move by Jalen. He's like, I'm fucking beat. All I can do now is sell this call and hope that they call offensive pass interference. Yep. And he got the call. And then they said, oh, that's a makeup call. You know, y'all shouldn't be crying because there was that hands-to-the-face call against our – Alden against Smith got him. Yeah, but then I saw another one where the same shit happened, a screenshot of uh, one of the Rams players doing the same shit to Dak. It's yeah. like you don't make makeup calls because then you're just making a terrible call to make up for a terrible call you didn't make. That's right. You know, that's that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. There's no such thing as makeup calls because if you make one bad call – the worst thing to do is compound it by making a second call to justify that the first, first call. call. Yeah. So I was like, "Fuck you." There was. I remember I was, dude. I, I'm sure I pissed Claire off by waking up Elizabeth because I was screaming and so happy, right? Because I was like, "Worst case scenario, we're kicking a field goal and we'll go to overtime." And then it was a flag on the field, and I was like, "Fuck <laughs> you!" I was like screaming. She didn't know what was going. on. I was like, "You don't get it." Bullshit call. Get back in your room. She's like, it's just a game. It's not just a game. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how it went down. Uh, but <laughs> So the Cowboys end up lo- losing uh, week one to go to 0-1. Week two, they've got uh, the Falcons at home where there will be at least 20,000 20? fans, yeah. um, which will be interesting to see if everybody can stay masked up. And I hope they how give many- like, shots of the crowd and – do you, you see they sent out a memo to the coaches because they were saying how you know they weren't wearing theirs and all yeah. that and they were saying you mm-hmm. know got to got to enforce it. Yep. So people in the stands, they're not going. They're going to show they're gonna people. They're going to show people having conversations like shoulder to shoulder, probably sharing a beer. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to police it, but uh, we got the Falcons coming to town who lost to Seattle in Week One. Um, I like our chances. Um, I don't I, know. I, I'm afraid of that deep. I'm afraid of the Atlanta passing offense. He threw for like 450. Yeah, and he has two really good receivers. And then was it Russell Cage? All of a sudden, it's like yeah, a, got 100 yards, guy. and it's like, well, shit. Now that's three guys we've got to worry about. And the corner situation's not bad, but if they go deep on us and it's up to a safety for help, we're done. So we're gonna have to force the ball. Alden Smith and and Griffin. 
they're going to have to rely on that pass rush and to Tank's make him get the ball have to get out. Going. Yeah, and Tank, exactly. So we're going to have to force him to get rid of the ball. We can't let them sit in the pocket because if they sit in the pocket, they got guys that will get open and will make big plays. So, so that's what worries me. But I think I think if I had to set the over under, I could easily see it being like 55 to 60, mm-hmm. you know, combined points yep. on that. Because I think it's going to be neither of our defenses are that great. So I think we're each going to put up some points. It's just like. First one to 30, 35 is going to win. I saw a lot of 35, 31s, 38, yeah. 35 predictions over yeah, the week. I, I was, I was going to say, I was thinking like if we were going to do a prediction, mine was going to be like 35 to probably 31, like you said. Yeah. Um, and it, I think, you know, before we started recording, you said it's just a t- it's a pick 'em. You know, it's pretty close. It's close. If um, this was a regular year with r- real home field advantage, you know, it could have been where's the home team at because that might right. be it. So, you know, maybe it is us because we will have a little bit of a home field advantage with. With twenty thousand, but they're not going to be rowdy fans. They're fucking Dallas fans. They're just they're they're Dallas fans who can afford to go to a game during a. And they're going to be the elite of the elite. Dallas yeah, that's what fans. I'm saying. Those yeah. those they're not me and you. That'd be like screaming the whole time. Yeah. They're going to be like people sipping martinis in a press bar or in a in, in a suite. suites. Yeah, that's right. They're going to be no um, home field advantage because they outpriced all the real fans. Yeah, and that's can't another to go to a game. That's another conversation for another time. Um, but another couple uh, uh, games that I've found interesting were was New England and Seattle. Um, I got a fun fact about that one, too, I heard. This is the uh, first time in, I think it was 64 weeks, which is like, however, what was that, like four-something years, that the um, New England Patriots are actually the underdog. Mm-hmm. So it's like the first time, probably because Brady and Russell Wilson's coming in, Belichick said how he thinks he's the best player going right yep. now. But I just heard that. I was like, that's fucking wild. I know that's maybe not not even the longest in the NFL history, but that was the first time since – you know, Landry was a baby. My, right. my kid wasn't even born yet, and they were favored in every game since then. I think it was. It might have just been regular season only. I don't know about playoffs, but that just blew me away, man. Like four plus years, and like, and they're just now going to be. And then they're saying, I think next week's KC, and they'll probably be the underdog there too. But fuck them, they, they cocksuckers. I'm just, I'm just interested to see this whole Cam Newton experiment because he looked good week one. It looks like they schemed. It, yeah, because they're they smart. S- and they planned around. Yeah, that, they schemed that guy. to his strengths. Yeah, you which know. Is, what a good coaching that's staff right. does. That's right. Uh, there was a lot of design runs, and he, he didn't look out of play. He looked like old Cam. I, I saw two there saying, like, Cam and, like, those uh, New England running backs, like Sony Michelle, mm-hmm. going to be good pickups because they think they're probably going to be maybe Baltimore, and then we'll be, like, the top rushing offenses. Run in the heavy. League. Yeah. yeah. Totally it'll, run heavy. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. And then uh, Which, the like last you said, is smart. Play to your strengths. That's right. Uh, the last one I want to talk about is Houston and Baltimore. Um, you know, you've got – You've got uh, Deshaun Watson versus Lamar Jackson, two of the most exciting quarterbacks. Explosive, I mean, yeah. Lamar Jackson's must-see TV, stop down. And he's there's like, very like few athletes. Yeah. I mean, Mike Trout, uh, Luka. LeBron, Luka, Messi. you know, Messi. You know, there's very out. few stop-down athletes, but I think uh, – <laughs> <laughs> uh I think – um, Lamar Jackson and Mahomes in the NFL are stop down, stop what you're doing, stop and watch because I think it's just special what Lamar Jackson. Did they play can it do. all this year? If we looked at the schedule ahead of time to see if Mahomes uh, in the regular season, I don't know. I haven't That'd looked be, at the that schedule. That would probably be the highest rated game of the year. Yeah, I would think that'd be. Amazing but it's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting game to see you know if what? Houston can bounce back and and Baltimore, you know, and see what what Lamar Jackson can do. Is that a 3.30 game? Don't know. I want to say it's a noon game. Uh, Cowboys is a sucks. noon game. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not going to be switching off the Cowboys that New much. New England-Seattle is a Sunday night game. Yeah, though. that's the nightcap. Yeah, which, it'll be a good 
It'll be a good night game. Is that their first game since that tragic Super Bowl? First game against each other? Yeah. That might be. Because I, I know say, they were hyping it up during last Sunday night. They were, you know, the rematch or whatever. And it's yeah, like, I want to say. Even um, watching that now just breaks my heart. Not even as a Seattle fan, but it's like, why are you throwing it in that situation? You have someone who's literally called beast mode for this situation. So, um this is going to kind of lead into the next segment of what are we watching. But, you know, I told you this around this time of year I watched The League, which is mm-hmm. a show about fantasy football. Well, in one of the later seasons, I think it may be season seven, their last season, the opening uh, the opening episode, um, it's uh, one of the characters sitting on the beach with Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> and they're talking back and forth, and, and one of the other characters asks for a beer. He goes, hey, toss me a beer. And Marshawn says, hey, just give it to me. I can run it over there. And Taco's like, no, I can toss it. And he's like, Marshawn's like, no, man, I'm right here. I could literally just fall and hand it to him. He's like, no, I'll just throw it. He's like, come on, man, let me run it in. <laughs> so they're making a joke about that whole Super Bowl. So, uh, but uh, did but you already watch that whole series again? Yeah. Damn, burning yeah. through. You got really ready for this year. Yeah. So, uh, on that note, what are you watching? Well, um, Tuesday nights, Claire teaches yoga at the yoga studio that she shares with her mosaic shop. So me and uh, Elizabeth usually have our movie nights. Uh-huh. This week was Lilo and Stitch 2. Ooh. Stitch has a glitch. Stitch has a glitch. <laughs> it was a pretty good sequel. We watched the first one like a week ago, and she's like, she's gotten to the point where she'll watch a whole movie with me, you know? Yeah. And it was like an, it was barely an, an hour. It was like an hour and nine minutes. And, um, I mean, she sat and watched the whole thing with me. I was invested. It's pretty adorable because her uh, Claire's class starts at like 7, but she has to go a little early, like 6.30. She gets up there. And uh, me and Elizabeth will get the movie ready. I'll say, you know, I pre- we're like all day we're talking about what movie we're going to watch, what we're going to watch. And then we get, um, I'll get like little snacks. I forgot what I had, but she had a, um, she loves mini M&M's. She likes M&M's, but she loves mini M&M's. Well, they're her size M&M's. Yeah, she calls them baby M&M's. Yeah. So I think it makes her just feel like a little bit bigger to have yeah. those in her, fin- mm-hmm. in her hands. So um, we fill up her little, you know, container of baby M&M's, chocolate milk. And we're ready to go. We just sit there, and it's so adorable because, I, I mean, I always sit with, like, a pillow in my lap just to rest, which is it's probably weird, but, you know, it's like a habit of mine. And she'll, like, she'll sit right next to me, and we'll share the pillow, and she'll get a blanket, and we'll put a blanket over us. And um, usually by the end of the movie, it's, like, getting close to 8 o'clock. She's, like, half asleep, so she's laying there, and she's just, like, asking me, like, p- things about the movie, and I'm just talking to her about it. And then shortly after that, we just put her in bed. Living the good life. Stitch has a glitch. Highly recommended. Almost all the characters came back. You know, it was it was a good concept too. It wasn't like too cheesy. It was like nice, wholesome entertainment. Right, right. Uh, well, I mentioned that I finished up watching the league, which is an old show that was on FX uh, about fantasy football, and then I started watching Community on Netflix. Yeah, I never got I never got into that, but I've always heard it's it's got Joel it, has like a, it has like a cult following. Yeah, it's it, like so it's like obviously really good. It's got Joel McHale, um, Danny Glover, Danny Glover, um, Chevy Chase. Uh, I forget the girl, the, the main girl's name. What's that, Doctor Kim? That had his own show after that. Uh, oh, uh, Ken Young, Ken Jung, Doctor Ken, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's in there. It's pretty good. It's not like Parks and Rec good, but it's it's good. I'm yeah. probably halfway through the first season, but it's pretty good. It's not bad. Um, and then I've been listening to um, a podcast called In the Red Clay, um, and it's about this dude named Billy Sunday Burt, 
and the story is told through his son, but it's all about the Dixie Mafia, like in Georgia, um, in the early 70s, and how that, you know, his dad was a notorious, just, I mean, the dude was a cold-blooded murderer. Um, for the Dixie Mafia? Yeah, he like was a like, he was like a hitman for the Dixie Shit. Mafia. You know, he made a ton of money, he robbed banks, he robbed stores, he killed people, um, but he kind of had this... It's kind of weaving the story of like how he had a code of ethics and he had like this respect for like he just he didn't kill lawmen like he there was and it's actually kind of respectable for a Dixie Mafia hitman yeah and they and they talk about a couple instances where somebody came to him and offered him just oodles of cash for knocking off like a sheriff or somebody from you know the gbi which is the georgia bureau of investigation he's like no and how he kind of had he had almost as much if not more respect for the good lawmen than uh, you know he did a fellow you know gangster mafia member so it's it's really good um if you're into that kind of stuff and that's then, on spotify uh, you, you can get on Spotify and get on Google, uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes, all that stuff. And then Ryan let me know that Cloud Kicker had a new album out. Yeah, I think he sent me a link too to that. Yeah, it's real good. It's heavy. It's instrumental. Yeah. It's good just to have kind of on in the background. So I'll probably listen to that. Finish listening to that tonight when I when I finish editing. Shout out Ryan. Um, what about you? What have you been listening to? Um. I listened to a good episode of Creepy that I'll like to share. I won't give anything away. It's just called, if anyone's into like creepy stories or anything like that, you know, it's just people like fans who write their own stories. It's called The Seer of Possibilities. So if you're anything, if you're into that. Uh, musically, though, I just, Mogwai is probably my favorite band. I like the last 10 or 15 years, like Claire got me into them when we started dating. So I just... A lot of Mogwai, and I don't know if you've ever heard them, but they're yeah, no, pretty Mogwai's much all they're pretty much all instrumental yeah, too, no, and they Mogwai's can get really heavy. Um, I think that's the band we've seen more than anybody. We've seen them like f- at least four times. And they always come to Granada off Greenville Avenue. That's a cool venue. Loudest fucking show I've ever been to. I've been to obviously a lot of shows. You know, I was into all the heavier stuff back in the day, like metal and hardcore scene. But listening to Mogwai is the only show I've ever left where our ears were ringing and I couldn't hear for almost two, like I could hear, like, but what? it was muffled. Yeah, yeah. For like two days to where I was thinking like, do I need to go to a doctor for this? Like you've heard stories about that, like, you know, shows, but just the loudest band, but, um, hardcore will never die, but you will probably my favorite album, album of theirs. We got to see that show. We got to see their show for the Hawk is howling. Um, and those guys been together since 1997, which is really cool because they now have their own label, but they put out nine studio albums, four compilations and four soundtracks. I mean, the guys just, they just get together and jam, you know, they're it's a group of like five guys from Scotland that just started in one of their guys' uh, living room. Coming up on 30 years here yeah. before we know it. Yeah, they just had their 25 year because they formed in 96, but they, so there's 21 coming up and they put out their first album in 97. And it's one of those bands where it's like all the songs are good and then some of them are just great. But when I put on a Mogwai album, I, I really just don't skip at all. Yeah. I'll just listen to it. And then when a song that I really like, I'll turn it up a little bit louder and the next song comes on. I'm still jamming to it. I don't skip it. And I could just listen to, I listen to um, those two albums. I listen to Hardcore Never Die, but you will. And then the Hawk is Howling just back to back yesterday. And then um, Stars Clenched, The West. So I've just been blasting Pantera. Yeah. I, I played. I probably played an hour of Pantera today just to get me hyped up. And then same thing tomorrow. We actually have a babysitter. <laughs> My mom's gonna watch Elizabeth tomorrow. And um, I told Claire we just got to be home by 6:30. We'll blast Pantera the whole way home. 
we're gonna do that and then um probably either play games claire got really into i got her into texas hold'em yeah. which is cool because we'll play that because we played skipbo every fucking time which skipbo is a fun game it's also called spite and malice if you're not playing the kids version with like colored cards you can play with your regular deck called spite and malice and it's a fun game but that's well, all not every we, week yeah, like it's you gotta we, all because we would have like game nights you know me and her and then I think her sister and my brother-in-law come over Sunday because we're going to make that pot roast for the game. After the game, they can come over. And I guarantee you, we're going to play that. And we'll play other games, too, but every motherfucking time, we got to play that. And I'm okay with that because I can beat them most of the time. But I can't stand it every time. So I got her into Texas Hold'em, which is really cool because she really likes it. And we have the chips, and we'll, like, make legit, you know, like, we'll, like, make big bets. And then... um probably watch a movie after that because we go we're gonna go hard tomorrow dude no kid <laughs> you know cowboys don't play until noon we're gonna put that shit in the oven slow cooking all night or, i'm sorry in the crock pot slow cooking all night when i told my mom like yeah, well, i'll pick her up before noon it's like that's the best i'll tell you because i'll be home to watch the game but <laughs> and then um we saw a couple previews on netflix so we'll probably watch a movie and i'll uh be able to review those for you later but just a well, enjoy good time. It. Yeah, just enjoy it. A, a night without not don't get me wrong, Elizabeth is my favorite person who's not potty trained in the world of all time. <laughs> I mean, she's the coolest, but it's like I was I, I told Claire I was like, "When's the last time it was just like me and you for a night together?" You know, cuz cuz Kim and Dakota, my brother-in-law sister, they wanted to come over, which is cool, but I was like I was like, "Ah, I think it's just going to be us on Saturday. Y'all can come over Sunday night and I don't think we've had a night with just us in probably three or four months. You know, it's like a, it's like a quarterly thing. I get my mom to watch her like once every three to four months. Yeah, I don't remember last time me and Lauren had just a night. you two. Yeah, I don't remember because we always have uh, we always have Landry, and I never wanted to be those parents that was like always pawning their kid off. Like yeah, every that's weekend. why like, I, like I, I never wanted quarterly. to. I'll ask them like. You know, like, you know, it's probably been about three months. My yeah. sister's the complete opposite way because I asked my mom and she was like, yeah, that's okay. But because I have a niece that's six months older than my daughter. And she's like, oh, but Harper's going to be here. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. You know, we can wait. And she's like, no, it's okay. She's like, you know, I had Harper last weekend. I'm going to have her again coming up. She's like, it's okay. You can bring her over. And I'm like, so Alicia just taking advantage of you? I was like, am I missing out on some kind of service here? Because I'm the same way. I'm like, I don't want to be a burden because, you know, it's my kid. Obviously, I'll keep her all the time, but. Well, y'all got to take a vacation, which is nice. I'm not saying that's the same thing, but if I could just get a vacation or if I can get a night with, you know, because it's just nice to sit back and play. Because we we have a sound. We'll play music all night. We're going to be blasting music. You know, we're going to be drinking. We're going to be having a good time. Just us. Man, I may pop in. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, no. We just, Landry's coming over, too. <laughs> we just wanted it, like, we wanted um, Landry's relationship with, his grandparents to be on their terms yeah. you know like so when they did have that time it was like enjoyable and it didn't feel like like a responsibility because obviously you know it's our responsibility but yeah i can't remember yeah we did have vacation but i realized vacation as an adult like with family like it's it's a lot of work like, it's a lot of money too it's a lot of work i don't, I don't even know what you spent but i guarantee you when i last time we went somewhere just with the house and the food and the activity i was, like, I was at like seven hundred dollars i'm not for yeah. like three days i'm not so much worried about the money because you know you can always make more but it's like you know it's watching them in the pool and then you know it's just it's a lot of work you know as a kid you can enjoy it more. yeah that's you, what i'm saying because it's, have it's to, carefree you're in some new place but it's what that's what it's about like it's for it's them. about them now yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's for that's them. what i that's what i'm that's what i get now it's like whatever i got to do whatever i got to pay as long as she's happy at the end of the day 
I'm good. Yeah. So it's like when it people are like, "What do you want for your birthday?" I don't need anything. You get me a gift card to Toys R Us, and so I can take my dude, kid. Dude, give me some underwear. Like I used to be bummed about that gift on Christmas. No like, way, well, dude. Give me some new underwear or socks. Like Claire, Claire forbids me for to get new underwear and socks because I treat myself every chance I get. <laughs> if I see a new pair of socks, dude, I'm a Hanes man through and through. I don't know about you, but Hanes underwear and Hanes socks, I'll buy it all up. I have drawers full. I have to donate, which I don't donate underwear because that's weird. But I'll donate my old socks. I'm not. I'm not picky on socks, but I found like these oh. new like Fruit of the Loom, and they're made of like they're made of like I don't know what to call them, but it's like this lightweight material, and they you gotta let the boys breathe. I don't sweat near as much in these bad boys as I do anything, but they're made by Fruit of the Loom. But they're like sixteen bucks for like a four pack. Yeah, or something. I think I spent twenty on a four pack. But or you they know may what? be more you, than that. I don't know about you. As soon as I get home, I'm dropping trout, putting those new ones on, and I'm walking around like a boss in my underwear. <laughs> yeah, so house. underwear, socks, I'm all about it. Uh, but with that, I think that does it for us this week. <laughs> Is that the, that's how we're gonna? <laughs> that's end how it. we're gonna end it on Undie Talk. <laughs> right. But uh, before we let y'all go, like I mentioned, uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. Um, you know, we celebrated. You know, our first hundred downloads. And um, we're going to work toward the next hundred and the next hundred. But um, if you could, again, rate and review us on iTunes, leave a rating and review. That will really help us out. Uh, if you have any questions, reach out to us at thedadlabpod at gmail.com. And, um, you know, we're on Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and, and iTunes, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And uh, I just want to mention Troy. We got your comment. Matt looked, and we're pretty sure, not sure of the years, but some of the years of uh, Shattered Dreams are on YouTube. So we're going to try to watch them, at least the years, if we can find ours. And we'll give you that very cringy update uh, of how that all went down. Yeah, Troy, we appreciate the uh, the comment and the review. And I did look, and I think they had 2001, 05, 06, and 07 up on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember the exact years, I, but I still have my VHS. My VHS. <laughs> if we can find a, a VHS player, I actually still have mine. Well, we have them on YouTube. I know for sure. We just got to find out the years, but we did get that feedback, and we'll watch it. We'll suffer through it at some point and get you a uh, get your review going. But um, that about does it. Uh, we appreciate you listening. For Matt, Andrew, uh, we're out. Thank you.